0: and Thunder. We're talking Dice Masters, the beauty of the underlying mechanics, the hidden complexities and the strategy, tactics, and decisions of competitive play.
1: If you're just starting the game, or have been here since the first set, hopefully you'll find something in this show that'll do you some good. So shake up your
0: bag, reconnoiter your opponent, and get ready to roll. Welcome back to Rollin' Thunder. Consider this part two of our 2022 Dice Masters U.S. Nationals Worlds
1: coverage. Today, we'll be covering Worlds and the side events. If you want to hear the previous coverage from the U.S. Nationals, which provides a useful backdrop for this episode you can go to rollandthunder.xyz forward slash 221. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And you can also check out some of the other fine podcasts from our illustrious colleagues at the Ministry of Dice and Double Double and Dice, who were also there covering the events.
1: And don't forget that Nick was feeding Jordo Teamless throughout, so DM North has links to all the teams for all of the events. Yeah, so I've got to remember to put links
0: to all those things in the show notes. But on to today's show. First up, after the WizKids fan appreciation event on Friday night.
1: Which we have spoilers from on our spoilers page. Right.
0: We sat down with WizKids product manager, Jimmy O'Brien. So thank you for sharing some of the stuff. Yeah. We're really excited about the new redesign. Yeah, it
1: looks Uh, really
0: good. Anything you want to pitch anymore? I mean, you've talked a lot about some of the other podcasts. Is there anything else you want to pitch that we haven't heard yet that might be... (laughs)
2: um, So I I think that there's a lot of fun in the upcoming stuff. There's a lot of inset play that makes the draft format fun and exciting, Mm -hmm. and it's going to feel like a different flavor from Kryptonite Crisis or a different flavor from Dark Phoenix or Infinity Gauntlet, but it's also going to help offer some new synergies for Constructed. And And I think that's one of the really cool things that collectible games get to do well, that games like Catan or Monopoly or whatever. like They, they just can't do it. Right. It's not it's not in their DNA. It's not in their flexibility. And I've heard designers on other games kind of say, yeah, if we had it all figured out, it wouldn't be that much fun for the players. <laughs> and so I, I don't think that within the WizKids development process, it's all cracked in terms of what's going to happen but it's really encouraging to see how on the mark certain things are with Dark Phoenix and Cryptonite Crisis that people would enjoy Mr. Sinister all having different globals. Yeah. That people would enjoy the synergy of like Jimmy and Lois working favorably with Superman and the the cross-energy-type globals and Batman and Robin cross-energy-type globals. So there's a lot of fun, uh, I think, fun surprises that we've inverted some expectations. Yeah. And because it was deliberate, it's it's fun and different, and it's not just like, why do they do this? So, like, I, but, I, I, you know, talking to the people this weekend, the, the community gets it.
0: Yeah, so new in the set to have a character who's a S.H.I.E.L.D., unique with a mask, with the mask energy type so meaning you've got to kind of play masks if you really want to take that so you have to pair oh. if you really want to take advantage of that global you you know you yeah get, and yeah that,
2: and it all it, it, a lot of it goes back to some of the themes and interplay that we saw all the way back in AVX where like venom has that global that is good against fist characters and he's a fist character but he's so oppressive against all those others you're, you're rolling your sidekicks and hoping for fists at that point if you're playing no-fist characters. So, right. But like it, it also kind of turns it on its head a little bit that, oh, wow, if I'm going to go up against Robin, i got to make sure that I've got some masks to take advantage and get my, my guys out there efficiently.
1: Yeah. One quick question just about Kryptonite Crisis while we're on the subject. Sure. Is the blue global text here to stay?
2: So Kryptonite Crisis is kind of in its own valley as far as the... There, there was a half-step done in terms of redesigning the cards because we received a lot of feedback at the Worlds 2019 that the legibility was relatively low on the cards. That they looked great. They they looked awesome, but like that's more the purpose of a comic book cover than like the utility of a game piece. And so we really took that to heart, but a lot of what was already going on with Dark Phoenix was fully baked for us. Delays happened. And so despite the fact that <laughs> it was fully baked, the fans did get to see it for a long time. And Crystalline Crisis is more than caught up to it, despite having a significantly different look to it. And so, you know, the, the look you're seeing on Secret Wars is going to be the look going forward.
0: Well, one of the things I want also to say how thankful we are as players for all the stuff that's been going on in the rules forum recently. Oh, I mean, yeah. the rules forum response has just been tremendous, really tremendous, in the last month or so. And I know there's a new rule. Can you
2: talk us about the new rule book, the new rules coming out, which
3: I oh, think is exciting
0: for us as players. Yeah, so
2: there was kind of a realignment of, of a few different things in Hero clicks I want to say about a year ago. It feels it feels like a year ago at this point. I don't know, do I even know what time is? But when Wonder Woman 80th Anniversary came out, we made a lot of decisions and re-engineered things and thought about what does it mean to teach someone how to play and all that. And we think we got a lot of it right. And what we didn't, we learned a lot from. And there, a lot of those lessons Will come over to Dice Masters. So you're seeing that in the origin packs. Um, So so it's kind of like product configuration and marketing and what does it mean in terms of us communicating with stores and distributors but then on a different level I have a really unrelenting opinion on comprehensive rules, that they should be everything, everything for experts, soup to nuts. If you don't get it, you look there. And it, that doesn't mean necessarily down to the card level, but it does mean down to the interaction and keyword level. And so we're really taking that philosophy that was that was more so implemented on Heroclix and porting it over to Dice Masters. And we've, we've got someone... Putting in the elbow grease and and making sure that happens and having the conversations to move that ball down the field.
0: Great. I think that's really interesting. I mean, fundamentally, it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong here, it sounds like it's not like an overhaul of what the rules is, but it's going to be clarification so there's less.
2: Clarifications and the, the idea that there are kind of two. There's, there's practically two, two different sets of rules right? that communicate the same truth. Mm-hmm. And the one is, hey, you don't know anything about this game yet. I want to make sure you know enough to have fun quickly. Right. And I want to get you asking the question, like, let's play again. And and if, if I can get someone to ask, let's play again, after 10 or 20 minutes, my chances of keeping them as a fan, as a player, as a customer, whatever you know, noun you want to use for them... It just skyrockets. Right. When, when you listen to people talk about getting into these games a lot of the time, they have that learning how to play story and how it was such a positive experience. And we want to make sure that we, we're putting the tools out there for stores and existing players to kind of evangelize for us.
0: That's fantastic. You know, as, as the evangelists who are out there, yeah. you know, it's really helpful. And then the opposite, the flip side of that, beyond teaching a new player and making it comprehensible and easy and all that kind of stuff yeah. that makes it fun, which this game has. Yeah but it has the level of complexity too and the only time I've seen people get really turned off like you get beat you get beat whatever yeah but if people you know they understood the car to work one way and it works another way and blah blah blah, blah. and then the heat you know yeah, and that's yeah, where it gets heated like, and that can ruin the, the spirit of the thing so right. having these clear rules is exciting for us because it takes yeah, that I mean, out of the it's equation. T- it's totally for the, totally for
2: the veterans. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and like you know when you when you see the spoilers, you kind of know what it does before the rules for army even acts on something. And we're kind of equipping people to be able to explain to you know the Facebook group or, or the Discord server this is how it is, and, like, here's where you can see it and kind of go, oh, yeah, I get it, and not, like, it's, you know, a uh, conjuration or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, the other thing is I love about, you were talking about earlier about how the collectible aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. And how people were complaining. I heard people complaining, like, oh, Booster Gold's my favorite character, and he's no good. And I've started seeing some of these epic actions, and I'm thinking, there's a pretty good Booster Gold for these new epic actions coming out. Have you looked at that? So So, those things are
2: fun, you know? They're they're fun. I I like that they really make you reconsider the more expensive characters. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I think reconsidering the expensive characters is something we started to see in, you know, Thor and in some of the Dark Phoenix characters like Master Mold. Yeah, you know, at one point I would have said Vecula, she's out of Modern now so we're gonna, but like the powerhouse level on some of those more expensive cards feels more worth it I, I hope right. and bringing these actions into the mix just accentuates that
0: I had heard rumors thank you for that I, I heard rumors that you guys were possibly considering a Silver Age is that true or is that just
2: yeah so we're, we're considering that but it, it's always just a balancing act of like where is your initiative is it in growing things with things like the origin packs or is it in kind of satisfying the existing fan base and you know seeing what the fans are doing amongst themselves with like two team takedown and 20 by 20 and and some of those other creative things i think there's the potential for something like silver age but it might not be the next thing we say got it
1: you're absolutely
2: sure there's nothing that hasn't been said on the other pod completely new? Oh, man. You're all right either way. No, guys. no, I, I, I appreciate it. You know, I just think it's, a, it's going to be exciting to see what comes next, right? We, we don't have the next event announced as far as where we're gathering. You know, fingers crossed we're gathering everybody at a familiar venue that we've been to before and something along those lines. But, you know, we've, we've been to a lot of great places the Dice Masters players over the years, so we're, we're going to see you there again soon.
0: For sure. Is there still thought of separating Worlds and Nationals? Some years we've done it where we separated, sometimes they're back-to-back. What's, so, what's your thinking
2: on that? Independent of keeping or separating Worlds and Nationals, I would not be surprised if at some point in the future, and that's not to say the next event or 2023, but if at some point down the road, fingers crossed, we're running enough things that you just get to be the ArchCon champion, or the,
4: right.
2: yeah, or, or whatever the the event is. And, you know, going, going back to the old days of Heroclix, people who got to become the Wizard World champions, like, that meant a lot to people because we were very clear, this is the big event and it's going to matter. Right. You know, the prizes were on the line to draw out the sharks and get a, a legitimized champion. You know, that, that's one of the places that, like, Scott Porter got to be good before he was too busy acting to go uh, <laughs> in all the different places and roll and stuff so we, we might see a model like that at some point in the future but you know that's that's a, a maybe and a who knows when so I don't want anyone to take it like 2022 spoilers <laughs> right 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 yeah one of the things we,
0: we're trying to do you know we just like to support this local scenes and yeah. thank God you know it's, it's been hard for us during the pandemic and all that but we were trying to do that with our One Big Weekend event, and we're going to try to do that again with the release of the Wars Secret or Wars of or House of X, or one of those yeah. that we want to try to help reinvigorate the local communities. And, but I guess the question would be, just because we're doing it on our own, but the one thing that's holding it up is we try to do it kind of all together at one time, and hopefully mm-hmm. we'll do it as a draft, yeah. as a draft event, because I think that makes sense to bring mm-hmm. people back into the community. But we're trying to do it kind of internationally, it's hard. So it's too yeah, yeah, so we basically we're delaying before, usually it. the event until Europe gets the stuff. Any any thoughts? And I know you were talking last time we talked, there was a new uh, distribution method going on in Europe or something. Is that still in the
2: works or has that changed? So we're we're still trying to do what we can to improve distribution in Europe. Mm-hmm. I've been so busy with other things. I I like I've, I've lost the thread internally a little bit. Sure. Um, which like you know personally professionally that's all good news for me but like it's it's a problem we care about and we're working on one of the things that we've done that i think will help players get the product for themselves but might not be as helpful for running tournaments is that Amazon and Shop.Wiz kids are shipping to more places than we've ever shipped before. Right, you know, Australia too, by any chance? I have to ask it because uh, our I friends down there were ask. complaining I, for a while. I, I, I want to say yes, but I'm really not. I'm not sure. sure. The, the, the list of countries on our website is actually up to date. Last someone spoke to me about it, okay. so that's good news. But you know, we we see things that we've always find very encouraging when those new countries open up and we announce that. You know, oh, we're shipping to Poland. We're shipping to Mexico. Whatever it is, that the starter product sells every game. Yeah. So it's it's good. You know, it means it means people are paying attention, and that's nice. And we really hope that, that you know bottom up demand make stores go to the distributors and say, you really got to get this for me. Distributors come to us and say, how do we get this for them? Okay, cool. And I got one last
0: question. Sure. I know there was at one point some talk about a Superman Kryptonite Crisis OP kit. Is that still That's possible still, or still, is that still
2: good? On, still on hold. Okay.
0: So... Uh-huh.
1: And, and I have one last question oh, okay. um, any, any chance at a senior Suerte somewhere in the future <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh thank you
2: <laughs> well, we'll see what happens we'll see what we can do for you guys yeah you know fingers crossed <laughs>
0: alright
2: great well thank you Jimmy I really really really
0: appreciate it and I'll reach out to you at some point I'm trying to coordinate when to schedule this oh, one big weekend so I, I
2: can stay in touch and we can great. hopefully
0: coordinate a launch yeah. <laughs> alright cool. great thank I really you appreciate so it thank take you. care <laughs> So, big thanks to Jimmy for taking the time to talk to us that Friday evening. After that, we went back to the hotel, threw a couple teams together for Worlds the next day, and crashed.
1: The next morning... We got an unpleasant but all too familiar surprise. Yeah, we discovered that, to our great chagrin, that as fate would
0: have it... Lucan and I were matched up against each other right off the bat in round one of Worlds. Round one. Down here at table seven and eight here. So we lost our first game. I lost to Lucan, of course, got paired up against Lucan in round one. Patrick, who were you paired up against? Laurier. In round
5: one? How yeah.
0: How'd that go? Obviously you uh, lost, but how, what do what, what you run in and how did it happen? So uh, I
6: decided Laurier was trying to play aggressive because he thought that I would control the heck out of his master mold team. He didn't give himself enough credit. His team is built to stop mine. But he decided to go real aggressive and swing with his master mold tokens. And I just took three of them for fun. And he jumped on the the opening and snap-bought a Villainous Pact and tried to smack me with sidekicks for the last five. In hindsight, I think the right decision was to take two of the tokens and not the third and then Villainous Pact would've been much harder for him. I also missed Harley on the last turn. She would've been able to ping off the sidekicks and make it impossible for him to Villainous Pact me in. However, he landed Villainous Pact and Tombstone that turn, so he could've just intimidated out Harley to guarantee the win. He bought Tombstone as a counter to Wonder Woman. He's a good card. It's great for a Wonder Woman counter for Master Mold, but it's, it's a thing he has to land every turn, whereas Wonder Woman, I don't have to land it every turn. She just stays there, so. In the long run, he has to land Tombstone and Master Mold to get any benefit. Right. And then also hopefully land Villainous Pact on that same turn, right? So
0: So he had a little bit of a god roll there and you whiffed.
6: Not a god roll. I took too many Master Mold tokens. I was trying to just keep his wall thin. So I, I misjudged.
0: Got it. Yeah, it's easy to make these mistakes in this. How much can my life be a resource? You know, like Lucan's running that Alondra, that and it's, uh, you know, your life as a resource becomes a different calculation when she hits the board, you know?
6: In Dice Masters, I've found, and I didn't play by this rule, but i found that if you have more than 10 health, you could probably take some life as a resource. But once you get below 10, the window that your opponent can do something to outplay you and smack for just enough, you don't want to do that. And the number might even be better cited as 8 because eight is how many sidekicks your opponent can put on the field and get around your wall, right? So if you're going below eight, then you're doing it wrong, I think.
0: Interesting, interesting, interesting. So what about round two? How, do, how did that match? Who you, you match up against Charlie, right? Charlie, so yeah, who
6: built his team on the fly after talking to me for a couple hours last night. So he's doing Thor Jubilee all in with the expected backup pieces. I think he might even have a Wonder Woman. And it was fast. We just looked at each other, said, I think I'm faster, and... He whiffed a Thor and had nothing to field in defense. And I landed Brainiac for the first time all tournament and it wins the game.
0: Yep. It's, uh, roles are so critical here. I've been just whiffing and whiffing. I'm playing a Master Mole team today and just whiffing my Master Moles left and right. So, uh, you know, down at the down at table eight right now, but we're climbing up, hopefully, a little bit. So you, you're one on one. I'm one on one. Yep.
3: Probably
6: next round. Let's go.
0: Possibly. All right. You had a bye first round. I'm sitting here with Dana, who won the U.S. Nationals last night. So you had a bye first round because yes, of that, that victory. How round two, I guess, round two go for you?
3: Good. I played against a Super Rare Thor team, but uh, it was a relatively quick game. So it's nice to get a win under the belt to start the day, quiet the nerves a little bit.
0: Right. Same strategy as yesterday. Are you running identical team? Have you made any changes? What's going on?
3: Exact same team and hopefully exact same outcome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. No, you know, if you bring the lady, you brought to the dance, right? So there you go. All right, well, uh, any other thoughts going in round
3: three? Uh, It looks like it's going to be a tough day. There's a a lot more Master Mold today. I think a lot more similarities with some of the teams. So it's going to be a little bit harder to find an edge in some of those matchups. But hopefully the Dice Gods are on my side and we can roll those Master Molds.
0: Yeah, today I'm playing a very similar team to what you were on yesterday. And uh, I ended up buying two Master Molds and on one turn neither of them came up. So I've been having that kind of day with my Master Mold. But it's a dice variance game, you know. So. I think that's probably telling me, you know, build your own team, moron. You. <laughs> like I said, the game always teaches you the lessons that you ought to know. You know? Sure.
3: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thanks. All well, good luck today. I'll I, I may see you down there, maybe not, as the way my day's going. But <laughs> good luck to you as well. All right. Thanks. So I'm sitting at the table here, table five. Here we got last night's runner-up of the U.S. Nationals, Andy May, and Ryan for Raw Travel We're from our scene in Southern California. Tell me about your game, guys ryan ran a better game but couldn't roll anything yeah i i whiffed a couple of times on my wonder woman and my master mold yeah so that was the story of this game
7: the whiffing. It
1: started with him winning the race he got, he got to master mold first before i got to
0: wonder woman
7: so yeah and then a couple whiffs on wonder woman and a couple whiffs on master mold and
0: more than enough damage what about the first game how how did that go for you guys I, I took the buy in the first game. Oh, that's so. right, because you were number two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You had the buy. Pretty and Ryan, how about you? My first game actually went really well. I, I got Wonder Woman out really early. She came for me right away, and then Master Mold hit. Like, everything went perfectly. So, yeah, that's the way it's designed. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, Lukens just stepped away. He was playing a looked like a really rough game against Petrus, right? Yes, Petrus. And, and uh, how'd Special it go? a game.
1: I, I won, but it was really well played, and it was luck that ended up giving it to me. Because basically, I was on the back foot because he went first and he got his master mold out the first two times, flawless cadence, right? And then I was doing well too, roll-wise, but I was on the back foot. And then... His master mold's coming around for the third time, and it misses. If he had gotten lucky there, and like some of the sidekicks had turned up on the right energy phases, that could have been game already. Because I didn't block his first swing, so I was at nine already from from turn three or so. But then I had a bit of an opportunity for a backswing, and so I leaned into Villainous Pact and Polymorph. And he did something which was awesome, which was he bought both of his decans in one turn when he missed his master mold, which meant that I could only poly in one of them. I didn't end up rolling Polymorph anyways, but he also had a Villainous Pact at the bottom of his back. So I had to punt, and it basically came down to, is he going to roll this Villainous Pact? And if he doesn't roll it, I'm definitely going to be able to roll both Villainous Pact and Polymorph again next turn, but will I be able to roll both of those? And what happened was, he didn't roll his Villainous Pact, so that's his second time that he had lethal if he had gotten the rolls, but he wow. didn't get the roll. Ouch, Power Petrus. on the next turn, I rolled both of my action dice, I was able to polymorph in his Deken and swing through with all my tokens. I'm playing Master Mold, by the way, today. You didn't figure that out, listener. But he's got polymorph. He's basically pirating other Master Mold team stuff. I'm like doing a amalgamation of all the other teams that I've been seeing. So I, I took, I'd probably say the most from Rob, Rob of Canada. Of all the people, I took the most from him. But I'm taking a little bit from everybody. I took a little bit from Shadow Mel and Patrick just a little bit of my own opinions also yeah
0: and Lilandra was well, that's one of your opinions and she's she was no, an all-star no, aren't that,
1: you? well it's well known that i'm a fan of that card but i i took that from rob oh yeah, okay <laughs> all right well fair enough. fair enough well
0: uh you're two and oh i'm probably going up to the top of the table now good luck man i all i, I right. salute you i'm i'm still kind of scrapping away down at the bottom but we'll see i'm probably playing patrick next so i i <laughs> i may be in trouble here so here I am with Craig Hubner.
8: Craig, how's it going? It's going very well. Thank you, What large. are you... What are
0: you? What are you you're, I see you're up high on the table here. You're looking good, no? No, are
8: no. Are you going to join
0: me in the deep end here?
8: I, <laughs> for, for the overall tournament days, yeah. I have one win. Oh. My first win of this morning. That's now right. with the two rounds subsequent, I've been able to uh, find my place again in the hierarchy. And I have lost two in a row, so... I'm waiting to see what my contribution will be to somebody's strength of schedule. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to do the same thing now, too. I just got... Well, I had an interesting game with Petrus. No excuses. I, I, I misplayed at one point. It was a small, tiny thing, like a lost in energy that would have helped me Wolverine because I didn't... I fielded the sidekick before... I pushed the sidekick across the line before I paid the Robin Global. You know, and it's small things like that were the difference. Well, besides the fact that I whiffed my Master mold again. That, that always okay, is nice. the... That's probably the hugest difference. That's just Dice game. The thing that always goads me is only thing that gets me at all riled at the table is my own misplays is like you know i get mad at myself you know I just
8: ah, oh, come on that's what this game is missed dice rolls and misplays and the misplays that's where you stay it separates up the night. cream from the crop yeah. and
0: you know petrus is
8: going on up the table and i'm still <laughs> continuing my slide down but that's cool what are you playing uh, i'm you know? playing dr I fate know. Common, mm-hmm. and then the storm uncommon that makes characters unblockable if they have three attack or less, but then they can spin up with an Orion Global to bang, come up bang, to bang. sevens or... Really fun.
0: You've Been able to pair her with Fate with uh, some other big beefy guys to get him way up. There. Yeah,
8: both the Starro and the Orion, who are you know Starro can go up to seven, Orion going up to eight, right. and then Doctor Fate taking their attacks Plus and going seven. through. Yeah, so hurts. for fifteen unblockable, is were you able to pull that off at all today? One time.
0: Oh, it's just what satisfying. You I mean, when you get your trick to go up, it always feels good. Yeah, yeah,
8: the one win. Got it to go. The two losses rolled double energy on the characters when you needed them. Got and it. And you couldn't feel them.
0: Okay, so I'm with Lucan here, how, way up at the top of the table. How's it going up
1: there? It's going well. 3-0 now. So Right on brother. Just uh, finished a, a chess match with Laurier, so... I feel a little guilty because I feel like 70% of the time of the game was spent on my turn <laughs> um, because he, he's played this team. He knows his way around it. I built this team last night. I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, right? Tell me about so, it. <laughs> and like, you know, if, this is Laurier. I didn't want to do anything sloppy, right? I wanted to make sure everything was... I, I was calculating. I was doing all the math, keeping mental tabs. So it was just taking a long time to remember all the numbers.
0: Good. Keep doing that. You know, I, I played fast and Loose and it cost me again. I burned an energy, misplayed, and it, it wasn't the difference in the game because I misrolled Master Mold, but... It was just that one energy turned out to be a problem much later in the game. And it's just,
1: it's just the little things that make the difference. So take your time. It was a good game. Each game, different five cost has come in clutch. Who was it this time? Brainiac polymorph really changes the game up and i've been doing polymorph since the beginning back in my day so i I like to think i know my way around that card so i use it for anybody who brings to to bring their to out of the use pile and get rid of one of their tokens or if they have something else that's problematic i get rid of that and then the ken won't have his main ability anymore because he's not in the use pile that's one thing that Gloria has to play around or anybody else who brings that is oh am I just I have to either have more dickens in my use pile and he has polymorphs or and he's a five cost, and, oh, he's he's a five cost and polymorph is a three cost either that or I just have to make sure that my use pile is empty I, keep him in the prep area you know wherever else not the used pile which again will nullify to ken's ability but then there's also my side of the table i can use polymorph for my stuff too (laughs) right Right, right. so such a good um, such a useful dog it was coming down to it you know he needed on his turn to get master mold and villainous pact he could have won if he had gotten all those on the right faces he got one but didn't get the other Then it was my turn. I needed Villainous Pact and Polymorph. I rolled just the right energy I needed to buy a Brainiac, bring it in, and knock out one of his tokens so he can only block with the Deken and Master Mold. And Brainiac had two attack. He was able to block my Master Mold in one token with those two dice I could block, since with my 5 Brainiac range, I was able to KO the one token that he did allow to block, and then I walked through with two tokens and the Brainiac for 12 damage, which was exactly what I needed. Wow, since, sounds like a good uh, game. Had, earlier in the game, he had taken one Bagburn, which brought him down to 19, and then he had Dekan in the use pile, and I went through with an 8 attacks Master Mold, and that brought him down to 12.
0: So interesting to see how much that one Bagburn has made a difference. Ended up it killing me. That was a difference for me, for me going was... to the top table or not. That one Bagburn was a difference. It, so many times people losing just by that one. It's, it's interesting, man. It's, so, it's a common well, now because it's sinister, and, and right?
1: Well, With Laurier, he, he took a long time to decide whether or not it was worth it, right, to take that bag burn. He knew that he had a chance at lethal. It was a fifty percent chance because he had he needed master mold and villainous pact. And I had just come off of whiffing my master mold. Right? So we were even. We were all in the same place. And then I whiffed and I was now a turn behind. So I needed him to whiff too. And he did do that. He whiffed the villainous pact. And I think there's another point in time at which he whiffed the master mold after I whiffed. So the game went on for a while
0: after that.
8: So the Lalandra was never a factor in that game and the effects that she could bring with that? No,
1: she wasn't. I just couldn't take the time for her because Lalandra is great if they give me a turn by having a bad roll. That's what, what he did to me. By having a bad roll, Lalandra comes out, and I just locked you out. Unless I don't roll anything, I just bought myself the game. There's no way that you can get yourself back in the box of playing even. So yeah, Lalandra is totally on. punching down. So Well, his rolls went mediocre, but mine were also going mediocre. So it was what it was. Whatever. Interesting. All right, well,
0: good luck. Go get them, Tiger, and I'll I'll be cheering for you in the depths of the table. Two
1: losses isn't isn't necessarily the end of it. Uh, If I win out, maybe. Yeah. You lost to me, I
0: lost you in here, 3 0, so you keep winning, and if I can run the table now, maybe, maybe, maybe back in? I doubt it. I think I'm done.
8: (laughs) No, no, it's always tomorrow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's always also global escalation, which I am looking forward to. I got a fun team for that. Okay. So here. Between round four and five now, we're kind of climbing up. I, I'm slowly climbing up the table a little two, bit. Two. two and two. Shadow, where are you right now? Two and now? two. Two and two. What, you're running a control team. How's yeah. that going?
6: Well, when you miss your turn three control piece and your opponent is playing a turn three aggro piece, it's hard to come back.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. On the other
6: hand, I had a game where I bought literally one die and won. Which one was that?
0: That's cool. I was playing against a Thor,
6: similar to the matchup I just lost, but my opponent whiffed on being able to purchase their Thor, and I bought one Harley Quinn. And then smack my opponent in the face with five sidekicks, three turns in a row. Ouch. So that's take 10, take 10, take 10. I don't care how many blockers you have. And uh, it was enough.
0: Yeah, that's a really good card, that Harley Quinn, that Super air Harley Quinn. So, Lucan, I want to stand here next to Lucan as well. After your round four matchup, you were matched up against Dana at the top table. How'd that go?
1: I lost. <laughs> yeah. It was a less involved game than my previous three games. You know, he has a very clear vision of what he's doing. From my understanding of things, most of his games don't deviate from... Master Mold, Villainous Pact, Villainous Pact, win. That's kind of what he does. So I figured he's got the Villainous Pact, I've got the Master Mold. In theory, we have all the same globals at our disposal. I can either bring this to parity, or if he misses a roll, I can go try to box him out. Unfortunately, my first three turns, my energy rolls were garbage. I think the first turn I rolled, like, a sidekick and three shields or something like that. It was horrendous. And then my next turn I rolled all bolts. So it was just really, really difficult to... So you were way behind. I was way behind. Well, on the second turn I did roll a shield. So I was able to buy Master Mold at least, but I wasn't able to prep it. I wasn't able to... I had to hard buy it. And the turn after that, I couldn't Sinister, I couldn't prep, I didn't get any of the rolls again. So the first three turns, none of the energy rolls put me on the back foot. By the time I finally had my starting three tokens from the Master Mold out in the field, he already had two Villainous Packs in his cycle. I had to waste an entire turn, because, and it is wasting at this point, because I had such a backstop ramp. I wasn't getting tons of energy every turn. I didn't have a consistent sense of turn yet. So it did take an entire turn just to stop for Villainous Packs, and I needed to do that because I didn't want to get boxed out. He could just buy the third one and then I'd Good be job, out. Right, so I had to do that. But then two turns later, he just he rolled both master mold and BP and it was, and that was a good game. Was yeah, well,
0: that's how it goes. So, all right, well, great. Good luck. Keep keep rocking the Casbah and hang in there. It sounds like you're playing really well.
1: If I can get one more, then I, I'm like the top cut for sure. Yep. If I lose the next one, I have a chance at making the top cut, but I'd rather just win outright. Yep. Um, Try and to win. I'm not going to do the intentional draw. For people listening at home, don't do the intentional draw. The intentional draw is a move, don't do it. Yes, and do it for me because
0: do it for your father for no reason because I, I need strength schedule help big time okay. so if I can if I end up three and three there's I don't think I have a chance but maybe maybe on the way outside I'd be eighth or something
9: Round four.
0: All right, I'm standing here talking to Ian Porter between round four and round five of the World Championship. Ian, you are running a really cool anti-monitor team, right? Are you running the same team today? Same
10: same team, same exact team. Okay, and what have you
0: seen? How how you running it? How's it going for you?
10: Well, I, I've seen a lot of Master Mold, which I'm sure is a shocker to everybody <laughs> listening to this. Uh, it's been two very different results. Yesterday did well, rolled well, and I think kind of caught people off guard. If they're not watching it, I can KO enough of my stuff to KO the tokens and keep their field pretty clear and if I can get to rare Vulcan that will wipe out sidekicks that really helps that whole process because they can't choose to KO sidekicks at that point they got to get rid of those tokens and then the uncommon Deathbird teamed up so if I can make them start wiping tokens or losing three life and I I caught a few people with that combination I think I had uh when I was uh John can't remember John's last name 12 damage to him
0: yeah I bet that's really cool it's one of those teams where I think it's hard for somebody else to net deck it because you got to play that and know how to play that it's different you know playing a Backwards. I really admire that. Yeah. And how's it going today then?
10: Not well at all, just a combination of things. I played pete in my first round and pete and i play test together all the time so he kind of he players. had an idea that he needed a field if they get ahead of me on a field count then it's it's almost no chance i can catch up uh which he did he had four sidekicks out early and then of course Master Mold hit and he started putting all those tokens out
0: and, he I got mean, lucky with a Mold roll so yeah he
10: got that and if i miss any monitor and they hit it's really hard to catch back up really very difficult and so that's that's what i was facing played Dwayne second game <laughs> And he had some really horrible roles. He knew what to do as well, but he couldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, he missed Master Mold five or six times.
0: Yeah, I've been there. That's yeah. the story of my day today. Yeah.
10: But, uh, you know, the team, we were trying to figure out, you know, I'm sure some people know, a lot of people probably don't know, that there's four of us in our play group, and we just kind of have a pool of cards. And as we got ready to play, we had two Master Molds and one Berry. And so the other three chose those and I was like I don't really like yeah. that play style so I went a different direction and having a lot of trouble and listening to maybe uh, the Ministries podcast and yep. heard Russell Love talk about the Animonitor yep. I was like well let's go with that and then an offhand comment from somebody about the Death Bird led to that addition which has been pretty neat to, to make that work
0: well kudos to you for running a really cool interesting build that sounds fun too it is, it's a lot of fun alright my man good luck
10: Yeah, you too
0: I'm here after having the great pleasure of playing Patrick Parley, who was made one of these, of course, anti meta teams. Really, really cool. First off, i got to say hats off to you for bringing a really, I mean, my poor brain is just steaming out of my ears right now. I was tired to begin with, and now you've put me like one step closer to the grave, sir. Thank you very much. But we had, I'm running basically Dana's team with, I swapped out one card on it, and I'm trying to figure it out as I go, uh, poorly for the most part. I uh, made a misplay in this game that. You know, may was close to causing maybe, possibly. I mean, things are so razor sharp here. Yeah. Like, one thing goes wrong, it can make the difference. First of all, you, Mr. Wonder Woman, so tell us about your team, because I don't think we've had a chance to talk about your team Luke and, yet. Lucan got my whole team. Oh, we did? Okay.
6: Yeah, so he's got the whole team on record. He's got a whole team breakdown.
0: Future arch here. As soon as I heard this, I realized I'd overlooked a clip of audio that should have been in the U.S. Nationals episode. Oops. Gulp. We flash back now to the day before with Lucan to get the lowdown
1: on Patrick's team. How did the top eight round number one go? Tell us about your team and how things went.
6: It went super long, all the way to turns, and then I mispositioned against Vulcan with my sidekick team and I got the Vulcan off the board, but he got it back the same exact turn, as he was just ramping so hard, and cleared my board again. His ideal scenario is anti-monitor, clear his field, smack me in the face with a big anti-monitor. My scenario is to react to my opponent and kill them likely with sidekicks, either by hitting them in the face with two two sidekicks, or having my sidekicks die and pinging them in the face with Batman. And then you're using Wonder Woman for lockdown and... Yeah, Wonder Woman's just a hard counter to Master Mold. Just and so hard.
1: everything else. <laughs> well, right. not everything, but it's,
6: it's a counter to Master Mold, but also a counter to all the tools Master Mold is bringing to get rid of Master Mold counters. Yeah. <laughs> so the only thing that at all comes close to handling Wonder Woman is Black Widow or Doctor Strange Energize and energizes a 33% chance to hit 50 on the reroll. So She
1: even takes care of actions if it targets her because she can redirect with her global.
6: Yeah, right. So she's protected against actions, so the only thing that can touch her is, is her energize. Powers. Yeah, or right.
1: when KO detects. Yeah. I don't know if those even are around the there's uncommon
6: Harley but she's really hard to use like I was looking into her but she not only do you have to field her which isn't much of a problem but you have to KO her when you have something in your use pile so after you purchase which means if you're KOing her with say Dark Phoenix it's out of sync Um, and if you KO her, it's still then only a fifty percent chance to re-roll a target, and then it's only a fifty percent chance that they land on energy. So it's such a like statistically improbable maneuver. But she's one of the best KO effects in modern. She does do damage if she rolls on energy, but unless you're trying to remove Mystique, that's not enough. Yeah.
1: So you had a lot of other types of control pieces on your team. You had—I don't know if I call Angelus. Typically control, that she's kind of control adjacent. You had you know, Poison Ivy, you would hardly Quinn. Yeah. How are those pieces factoring in, not just with your most recent pay, but also throughout Swiss?
6: So I never bought Poison Ivy once, but that's because the Master Molds I went up against truly had no counter to Wonder Woman besides an Energize here or there. So I went all in on the Wonder Woman at the same rate that they go all in on Master Mold. And Master Mold doesn't kill you the first time he lands. It's every time after that. So you can put Wonder Woman down the turn after they play Master Mold, and you're still two tokens. Like, that's all they've gotten. And then basically, it's every time Master Mold gets KO'd, they get a token. That's a fair trade. Their six cost, they have to KO to get a token. Well, meanwhile, my six cost is on the board, preventing them from ever doing anything. Harley's not a control piece, yeah,
1: that's, she's
6: my aggro win condition, yeah. but she also controls. If your 5 cost piece can both win you the game and control the game, that seems like a deal. I've hit for 10 sidekick damage in most of the games that I get Harley out in, because swinging with 5 sidekicks that are 2-2 is just an easy 10 damage, and swinging with 5 sidekicks while holding 4 masks means, oh look, I have 4 sidekicks again, so it's an easy swing. Angela was a solid aggressive piece, but didn't win me game three just now. She got it much closer and made it so my opponent was required to stop force attacking me. So that was very helpful. Angela would just stay on the board. She also can't be gotten rid of by Vulcan because her lowest defense is three. So not only does she stay on the board, but Vulcan can't get rid of her without trading into her because he's pretty low on most faces.
1: True believers, and that one I do think you should mention for the sake of the listeners at home.
6: Sure, yeah. Force attacking Wonder Woman is a way to get rid of Wonder Woman. A lot of people are like... Wonder Woman's blood, just force attacker. Yeah, but my team has six mask characters on it. I constantly have double masks because I'm planning on Batman globaling. So if I'm going to lose a Wonder Woman, I can just true believer her after you force attack her. So you've just spent the energy to force attack her. Then I can true believer her. And then at the end of my turn, she comes back and now you can't field or win attacks so again energize is the only answer i mean it's a negative energy trade for me but i would rather wreck my bag to keep my wonder woman who is locking down eight of your 10 cards
1: there's one question that you answered a couple questions back where you mentioned the very, uh, another very important part of your team the rare bat um, yes elaborate what's he doing on there in what situations is he winning you games in what situations are you pivoting to something else
6: so he wins games when my opponent has to tack into me to win because I just put a bunch of sidekicks up there and wall up, and unless they have a way to targetedly remove Batman, I will block with all of my other characters first, and each one of them will die and deal one damage to my opponent. But it's more than that. I can play a sidekick with Harley, have the sidekick deal two damage to itself, deal one to my opponent, and K off one of their sidekicks, so it gets an extra damage for the sidekick trade. The other option is is if they have Dark Phoenix, and for some reason I don't have Harley or whatever, but it's a close game. If I have five sidekicks out and they're at five life, that's I can Dark Phoenix a sidekick, have the sidekick target the sidekick, target the sidekick, target the sidekick, and deal five damage to my opponent's face, right? So there's this window. There's also like times where you might not want to ramp your opponent, and they can attack into you, and you can do that same KO chain and then just roll back. If you do have a Harley coming the next turn, getting a bunch of sidekicks into prep and trying to field them, just to get your sidekicks out of the field, so that you can field the sidekicks again before your opponent's attack step with your globals, means that not only are you doing damage with Batman now but you're also ramping up to a big Harley turn so it allows it to reset. For the most part though it's you got to kill Batman before you kill the rest of my wall. I fought a rare Shazam and Shazam had to put three range twos into Batman before he could apply range two to anybody else. Who's playing
1: Shazam today? Not today. Oh, not not today. today. Okay. Okay. I was about to have some bad At respect for somebody. Else. online. <laughs> online
6: this week in my practice. Is there anything else? I have a Brainiac and a Bat Signal.
1: That's right. And you also have a two-cost Kitty pride with Infiltrate.
6: Yep. She puts in work just because she's a blocker that can't get forced out and two-cost mass character.
1: Good for True Believer yeah. if you need it.
6: But also TFC 1. And she can get to 3 to stay alive against Vulcan, where most of the other mass characters can't.
1: In general, do you find that, I guess an issue that I, I haven't been super glued into the way things have been progressing, but one thing I've really noticed today is if you don't get your big thing, I'm, when I say big, I mean, really honestly, five and up, maybe mm-hmm. even four and up. Yeah. If you don't get that early on, you will never be able to get it because you cannot stop with Sinister, right? It feels a lot like Professor X, except it demands even more from you to sustain that level of churn Yeah. Um, how do you sustain it while also building up? Your so,
6: team? unlike most other teams... You
1: did not have it on your team, didn't you? The Sinister. No, but I have Batman. Yeah.
6: Unlike most other teams that want to sinister or Batman to ramp, I'm sinistering Batman to go aggro and put the pressure on. So if I get an early Harley, I want to swing with all those sidekicks that I'm making because I'm gonna use the masks to make more of them. But if they get KO'd instead of going to the use pile, that's the ramp for me. That's me ramping into my next character, my Brainiac or my Batman. One of the things I brought on the team was huge smash. Instead of Villainous Pact or Wolverine or, or the underrated Starfire, I mean, buy something, prep it. The reason I brought it is because I knew that almost everything on my team that I wanted to buy was a 5 cost. And you can get that if your opponent brings Dark Phoenix with 4 dice. You can get that with just getting a sidekick KO'd or force attacking somebody into you. There's easy ways to get to 5. You can get that by fielding all of your sidekicks, buying one character, and taking bag burn, right? Like, I could literally roll Kitty Pride, two sidekicks, take a bag burn, roll Kitty Pride to two masks. Next turn, I'm rolling Kitty Pride, two sidekicks, and whatever I bought. And that happens a lot. I, in fact, lost a game because of bag burn. Should have lost two games because of bag burn, but my goal was to bring less ramp to the table because I knew everybody else was playing all in on Barry. Now they weren't necessarily all in on Barry, but they were using the all-in on Barry strat to get, to get the Vulcan to get Master Mold. To get I used, Thor, but not something right. I saw today. I used it to get Wonder Woman in response to Anti-Monitor. Wonder Woman in response to Master Mold. Wonder Woman in response to Barry. But I did play two Master Molds and I think I beat both the Master Molds because Wonder Woman was out. Alright, well, thank you
0: so much. So that was Patrick's team. So back to round five of Swiss at Worlds, where I faced off against Patrick.
5: Finally round!
6: In this instance, my approach to playing a Master Mold team, which is half the meta, is all in on Wonder Woman in the same way that Master Mold goes all in on Master Mold. Right. Which puts me maybe a 5-5 behind, but if I get lucky enough to get Wonder Woman and level three, she eats 5-5 tokens.
0: Yep. Let me ask you one question that's plaguing me all day and we saw it play out in this game. It's like do you go first or do you go second? Now I went first in this thing, I rolled a fist, a bolt and a sidekick. Wasn't ideal. But I was able to get the six energy I need by di- phoenixing the sidekick and Wolverine Global. You went second, and you had that perfect role where you were able to. Not only you, buy a you, six b- cost, you were a buy and prep it. You know, by villainous packing, and then wolverining, and then sinistering, and and then the next turn you bought and prepped. So she was ready to go. So what do you? Uh, what's your feeling on who? What's the advantageous way to go? Where do you want it? And your team? You
6: today's? are absolutely correct that that is how it went down. Mm-hmm. But what you are missing is that I bought and prepped my six cost, but didn't have any sidekicks to block when your six cost dropped. Right. So, so you went right. at first. You also to attack first and so you had the token you had the master mold you had the board wonder woman doesn't take the board back although i keep forgetting to do her when fielded that actually would have totally changed our game not much but like it would have rolled out your master mold who was still in the field i think
0: no no you rolled them out with bat signal before yeah. so so that was cool so actually actually my <laughs> wonder woman may have
6: had to roll herself out yeah or I may have had a sidekick. I don't remember which. Yeah. But
0: yeah, you you, you were, were able to get it. him with the bass signal. So you, your team was teched really well. Like I was feeling the pressure really bad on this My game. My team
6: is very teched against most of the Master Mold meta. Like most of the Master Mold teams. A lot of the things that will remove Wonder Woman don't work because of Wonder Woman. But the things that will remove her are like spend energy effects
0: that are energized. Taunt. You we're worried about Taunt, but you had that True Believer we in favor of that. So. Right.
6: And the True Believer Global is great, but it is an energy sink. And mm-hmm. if all I've bought is Wonder Woman, it actually can keep me out of the loop, right? Right. Because you, you can't you...
0: sinister. I'm sinistering. You're holding too masks. Right. But you've got the Batman Global in case things turn. You know, the help then. Right? It's
6: good, but it's a fifty-fifty. It's honestly there less for Master Mold himself. Mm-hmm. It's like there for clutch Master Mold situations. And more for Starro. It hundred percent
0: wrecks Star It totally does. As a Starro player, I, I hate seeing that card. <laughs> that is a anything that kicks a ticket through a sidekicks, so you have you're in trouble, right? Right. Yeah, yeah exactly.
6: <laughs> Especially since my defense is sidekicks. And there's not a lot that pings out sidekicks on Master Mold
0: teams. So remind me, as my brain is actually still smoking here. Tell me how this game went in and you're, and you're from your side of the table.
6: So you bought Master Mold turn 2 i set up ramp to buy wonder woman turn 2 but i prepped mine so it should have been a little faster yep you clutch through your master mold out of the bag totally lucky yeah you landed it i missed the wonder woman so you had you already had 3 tokens on the board
0: well, i only had 1 at that did I have three? Maybe I did because I because I sinistered my way back after you passed me out. Yeah. So I had one, and then I got two more. You had a
6: much larger board state, Wonder Woman, and then just maintaining defensive pressure. I wasn't able to buy anything else. I got a Harley eventually, but at the same time, I bought Harley. You
0: bought Villainous Pact. Yeah. So I was just one little step ahead of you, and then you backburned to death at the end. Any last thoughts before we? Uh, no. Are you going to do some global escalation, maybe, or yeah, yeah. I may be yeah. depending on how we. If-
6: I'm going to take it light and easy. And I'm gonna go play Global Escalation.
0: Anyway, uh, I'm gonna three go and play two. some but...
6: five minute Global Escalation games, because those are better than drafts.
0: Well, congratulations, anyway. And uh, yeah, I, I might try that too. I've got a funky, fun team. I just wanna see it go off once. So Fair enough. It's all win. If, if I'm in the top eight, that's great. If I'm not, then I get to do my funky, fun combo team. So, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Thanks.
1: How'd you do? I unfortunately did not win. Master Mold did not roll. And when Master Mold doesn't roll, there's not that much you can do. Yeah. I was able to get out Poison Ivy, but unfortunately the Villainous Pact just came too fast. Yeah, so. and
0: Poison Ivy doesn't work against Villainous Pact because you still can't block with him.
1: No, she doesn't. I had to I had to crutch on her and just hope that he didn't roll it. Well, it good play, though. So. It's a good play. Well, these
0: are the defensive plays. It's all about the rolls here, you know. So much of it, you know. Like, we were just talking in the game with I had with Patrick. He missed his Wonder Woman and it got me a chance to get a board and buy Villainous Pact and just squeak through for the win. He's going to knock out two of my sidekicks, but if he, and that won't be enough, but if he does, that he's going to take Bagburn, and then that's it. So I had to think, but he also had two masks. He could have re-rolled my Master mold, so I had to think quick and Dark Phoenix him out of the field so that I got a token in that couldn't
1: be re-rolled with Bat Signal.
0: He left me a lot of room to misplay, unfortunately. I've been misplaying today, but I guess not when it's superly counted there.
1: Yeah, I'm 3-2 and also. I think I'll make the cut just because my strength of schedule is pretty strong. I didn't have any easy matches today. I played you, then I played Petrus, then I played Laurier, then I played Dana, and then I played Andy. So yeah, you should, I played those are all, top all, there, I played top all the people at this top corner, yep. every single one of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think you're in. I'm probably not. Maybe i have got a chance. Maybe. I'm, maybe. I'm, the,
0: I'm on the edge, edge again. Yeah. If I can get in, you know, like this team can do some damage, I think. If I if I get in, I'm starting to slowly learn how to play it a little bit. So
4: Lights
11: Masters, not being on that map.
4: Okay. Let me set
0: stuff
12: down. We'll go bottom to top. 16 with a prize card, Jocelyn. 15, Patrick Barley. 14, Craig Kubner. 13, Rob Zink. 12, Ryan Watkins. 11, Dwayne Sagely. 10, Arjo Neal 9, Pete Hicks the top 8 and I will give prize cards when we see later 8, Rob L 7 7, John Wiley 6, Laurier 5, Lucan
0: all right,
12: look at okay. Four, Todd Three, Petrus Two, Andy May And one, somebody take down the General Nemesis All right. All right. Now, before we go Before we go, there is a Fellowship Prize Anyone have nominations for Fellowship Prize? Henry Henry,
1: Henry. Henry. Henry.
12: Congrats. Yeah. Right on. Oh, nice. That's a good one.
0: I don't think it's any mistake that the guys who practiced and prepared are one and two again. Again, second seed. Uh, second seed. So here I am, Annie Mae. Congratulations. It's like a mirror match again. Yeah. I should say a mirror because, and, and I think it's no surprise. Uh, congratulations to both of you. I'm also here with Laurier. Congratulations to both of you guys. You clearly have prepared for this event. You've thought things through. You're ready to go. It's no surprise to me that the guys who have prepared are at the top of the table and they deserve to be there. Congratulations to all of you. Number two again, tell me about your day. How's it gone? And are you running the same team exactly? All I am not. I had
7: two flex spots on my team, which actually, when I flexed one of them out, turned into a third flex spot. So I dropped Arch Nemesis. I just wasn't seeing the tokens. Right. So hoping that no tokens were showing up today. I took that out, put in Villainous Pact, which let me pull the Joker off my team, completely in favor of Wolverine prep, so I've got an extra prep global. Right, okay. And then I had the spot in there, which I kind of wish I had had today. He's a
0: good Villainous Pact
7: counter, right, in some way? Well, he's that, but he's also two shields, Energize, one of their characters can't block. Right, so you can't go wrong with that card. I had two instances today where five more damage would have won would have won the game yesterday i had none of those times and i never bought the
0: spot i was going to say, i don't remember you buying spot yesterday so today how many times would you have bought him today do you think i won both of the games anyway it just took me an extra turn yeah so so it wasn't a huge difference no it wasn't
7: horrifying and i added uh the thor so i'm able to get to the villainous pact a little bit quicker
0: are you worried at all that your opponent might in a mirror match take advantage of that thor as well or is that they absolutely
7: should yeah i'm sure they will it's also my secondary, so I wasn't sure how many Wonder Womans we were going to see today.
0: I saw Patrick's team, and it's scary when you're running MasterMole team against it. I
7: wanted to work around Wonder Woman on Ryan's team, but Ryan just couldn't get her to go. Two masks
0: is not the same as a total control piece. That's the thing, and then it's an energy sink to have to use that True Believer global. How's your How did your day go, Laurie? What's going through your head at this point.
11: Well, honestly, I'm 3-2, and two, but in both losses, it was one die away. So I'm glad I made Top 8. I think it's a team that can. Obviously, it's a meta team, so there's no denying it, it can stand with the best of them. So it's going to be fascinating in Top 8 because, uh, honestly, the, I, I could just detail the exact moment. Against Lucan, I had a villainous pack that did not roll, and then he rolled it, and he won. Right. And then against Dana... I actually was using Typhoid Mary to counter his decan. So, here's the thing. I had Typhoid, Master Mold, and Pact that needed to roll for me to have the win that turn. I rolled Pact, I rolled Master Mold, but Mary missed. That's that's the rolls right now. I I put the Mary on my team for the exact same thing as a good
0: decan counter. Talk to me a little bit about that. Were you thinking last night, how am I going to handle decan? Was that the reason for her, or just because she's a good toolbox anyway?
11: Well, both. Right. Honestly, the decan counter was the primary reason. That, it was what tipped the scales in her favor, to be clear. Because I saw decan, I saw that she was a very uh, essential piece to stop him. Because you can either do that or you can do mutation. And honestly, if I'm using mutation, I'm giving it to my opponent. I can't tech myself to protect myself. So really I just went with Mary. That just seemed like the better play to me. Then Shadowmeld made me notice today I could have also used the uncommon Mr. Sinister, but still I'm happy with the one I chose. Yeah.
0: He's a 5 cost, which is a cool card. You want to talk to me about the uncommon Mr. Sinister because a lot of people are going to be surprised by that.
11: Yeah, the uncommon Mr. Sinister when you field him, you essentially blank all of your opponent's character cards for the turn, much like the old 4 cost Shriek did. So he also has a global that can be handy when you remove the text of an attacking character die. But the big reason to have that guy in there in this meta would really just be to remove the text on Dekenn, attack, and not have to worry about Dekenn reducing the damage to seven. Right. But can I just talk about one thing about the uh, Mary? Sure. Originally, the reason I was not considering her as much as be- was because of the taunts. But as I played yesterday, it struck me that bags get thin very quickly yes they do and because they do even if they force my typhoid Mary off the board like some one of them did earlier Dana tried to do, she comes back quick and she does a little bit of damage and you know if they're using DeK to uh, keep
0: themselves they're, they're getting into Deken trouble because it can start whittling you know right yeah the be in trouble for sure you just you need to have her and villain's pack come together usually you know if you're going to do the alpha swing so yeah. that's 50 percent. And the way things are
11: right now, 50-50 is not too bad, right? That's my was my thought at any rate. Yeah, and honestly, getting two characters is actually slightly higher odds than that. I'm not going to get into the exact math, but it's actually 64-point-something percent. Really? I was, I thought it was 50. No, 56-point-something, 50, sorry. Okay, 56-point-something. Yeah, so it's 50-plus a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's more than 50. It, and those extra few percentage points... Make it happen more often than not, which some people will be surprised because, well, over a large number of games, you'll get weird things happen. Right,
0: and if you miss one of the two things, the things we got Dark Phoenix, that say you get Mary and you don't get Villainous, you can always bolt her off if you have to to try to swing around the next time, if they taunt her or whatever, you know? Interesting matter. Any thoughts going into the finals? Any, any worries, concerns, preparations? What are you, you going to do
11: now to get ready? I do not know because at this time we have a relatively short time between now and top eight starting. So I think I'm just going to go out, take a walk, clear my head, and I will not think about my matchup. I will just wait till I'm back and then I'll sit down and I'll handle it then.
0: Fair enough. That's probably the best way to do it. Well, congratulations on making the top eight and good luck today. Thanks. I think I'll need it. So I'm here with Rob, and Rob, you, uh, thank you, good (laughs) to see you again. Good to see you, man. You know, I feel like we've been kind of playing around each other a lot. Yeah, yeah, I don't think
9: we played today. We didn't play today,
0: this weekend, weekend, but we've... Been kind of in the same area of the table many many times. Sure so enough. I feel like we've got to get to say hello to each other at any rate. Uh, tell me, you were eighth, so you got in, you snuck in, I there, got in there, and you were. Heading, yeah. Well, unfortunately, that means you got to match up against Dana, who is hot, hot, hot right now. Tell the me, you just, Dana. Yeah. you just finished the top eight year round. How did it go for
9: you? Uh, it was. They were good games. Excellent games. I whiffed a lot of rolls. Master Mold just wouldn't roll for me. Okay. And when I did get a good combo, when I had some Master Molds, when I had some tokens, he, it was just great timing on his part. He put a decan in his use pile. Yeah, he's so, really good at that play, isn't he? He's very good at that. So, But it was a it was a good fight. I mean, Dana took both games. Huh? But yeah, it, I made him work. Okay, well, work. My, it, it, <laughs> if he
0: falls later, maybe we'll, we'll look back at this and oh. say, ah, I now I know why. There you <laughs> go. Well, I hope he goes all the way. Yeah, he's a great hope, player. Yeah, great player, nice guy. Yeah. Well, overall, how was the weekend been so it's been far? amazing. Yeah, it's been amazing. How about yours? Oh, fantastic. I, yeah. I'm just so happy to be here and rolling some dice with Absolutely. real people. That's, that's, that's what yeah. I've come here. I really, I still love draft the most. So I want to do some more drafts after I, this. We're I'm in the middle of the golden tournament. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're doing this little golden thing here, which is yep. fun. It's goofy. But.
9: Yeah, it's been a great weekend, and it's about being here. It's about the experience. It's about all these great people. Exactly. And if there's anyone out there who has never been to a competitive event, just come on out. It doesn't matter if you win. It doesn't matter if you lose.
0: Absolutely, it's and don't yeah. You know, some time. people get intimidated by absolutely. it, and don't be intimidated. Just come have fun. I was intimidated my first time. And absolutely, me too.
9: I got here and was like, no, this is great. Let's do this all the time.
0: Also, if you have kids, or like I've noticed, like I'm going I got to play against Henry yep. in my first round, and he's such a great kid and nice guy. And yeah, when I see a father and son across the table, it just warms my heart because that's that's where you know where I'm coming from. Yep. Speaking of sons and fathers. Lucan's
9: chart game like is Luke just finished. Is, uh, coming up with the Dana here. How'd it go?
1: Uh, top eight is, well, my round is over, was 2 to 1. I won that. So it was the only Barry team in the top eight. So he was doing the Barry rush. And first game, we both were able to get the, the rush started on time and I was able to build up a wall fast enough that it wasn't an issue. The second game, I missed my Master Mold, pivoted to Lalandra, and didn't roll a Bolt, and so there's a sidekick sitting out there. I should have attacked with it. I didn't attack with it. He had Starro, and that was able to sneak in for the win on the second game. That was my fault. And then the third game, it was pretty similar to the first one, and instead of Villainous Pact, I went for Brainiac. But.
0: Interesting. Well, it sounds like a good game and little strategies. It really shows you, again, the difference between making one mistake in this, and when you're playing up these top tables, you make one mistake, it could cost you the game, right? Yeah, it absolutely. Yeah. Congratulations, top four, my man. I'm so proud of you. I'm really so proud of you. Alex, yeah, you and Dana now. All right, well, this should be good. So, here I am talking with two top four finishers, our U.S. Nationals champion and uh, my, my son. <laughs> and, uh, you can think of a better I was title than I not didn't, I didn't, Well, former world runner-up. I was playing over in uh, this global escalation tournament with the Janky team, and I didn't get to see what was happening. So... Tell me how to go, guys. Was it a good game, first of all? Both of them were very good. It was were super,
3: good. super tight. Both games could have gone either way. Honestly, I thought I was going to lose both of them but Lucan had some really untimely bad dice rolls, and had he hit those rolls, it would have been a very different story.
0: Wow, so what, what were those dice rolls you missed that you needed?
1: Everybody cooperated when it wasn't necessary, but when it was absolutely necessary, I could point at any one die and be like, you, it was Lalandra once, it was Master Mold, I think twice, it was at least twice on Master Mold. it was Polymorph every single time, <laughs> except for once, but that was when it that wasn't when I had lethal on the table, so I'll say every time I had lethal on the table, Polymorph wasn't cooperating, wasn't getting masked from my sidekicks for the Brainiac Teleport, I'm pretty sure Villainous, oh, Villainous Pack did screw me over once in the first game too, yeah,
0: so. Wow, so, so it sounds like you had a lot of really bad, was the, theoretically, the, with the Polymorph play had worked on removing that a token, Absolutely. and it would have, it would have really wrecked your, okay.
3: Yep. Absolutely, yeah
0: Interesting, so it seems like you built really well, but you again like we were talking about this is all about roles in this particular matter what do you you agree with that guys
3: or what oh absolutely absolutely I feel like I didn't win those two games as much as Lucan's dice lost them right so yeah I don't think I had like I don't think I did anything particularly egregious but I don't think I played spectacularly as much as I hung around until I eventually could squeeze it out sometimes that's all you can do any
1: big mistakes from you just like there are two little ones the one of them you noticed which was the villainous pact and I did that once, twice, something like that. That happens um, late in a tournament like yeah. this. And then the other one was with the Mr. Sinister. I polymorphed. If you had held those dice until after I had done the polymorph, you could have gotten two dice out of the Mr. Sinister, but you did it beforehand. Smart. Yeah. Aside from that, I mean, perfect I, from, my, from what I saw.
0: Congratulations, Daniel! You're moving thank on you. to the top, top table. Luke, yeah, and We'll talk you. later more about what's uh, how you're feeling and all that. But uh... see if my heart can make it for one more hour. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. <laughs> so you like so you're going up against Laurier yeah, now. I see. I didn't. No. Do you know anybody know the scoop on what, what happened in their game?
3: Uh, yeah, we played in the final round of Swiss. Like a lot of games, Laurier had a chance, missed a roll, and I was able to take it. But okay. It was a very close game.
0: Well, congratulations, you guys. Uh, Laurier, good luck. Dana, good luck. I'm hoping—is this going to be streamed or recorded at all? It'd be really nice if it would. Know. Uh, well,
1: maybe, maybe Jimmy might do that thing that he sometimes does for just like the live tweets on the final table.
0: All right. Well, we'll try see. to do me a favor. Try to keep in mind the game as it goes along, and we'll talk about it later. And, you know, remember like, oh, this is my key points or what, all that kind of stuff. All right. Thank you.
1: Uh, all right. So uh, let's also talk about your local scene. How do you guys manage to keep it going strong every week? and just advice for other local scenes that are looking to start up food
9: uh charlie cooked us breakfast this morning at his house before we played biscuits and gravy bacon orange juice coffee it was awesome
10: we just had a slumber party that's all it was (laughs) stayed up late pillow fights last night talking about it Dwayne was dancing around it's just kind of crazy So
4: our local scene is us uh, and one other guy. We're we're all really close friends. We meet up once a week to play. Um, We share cards. So I wouldn't really call it a local scene. It's just a bunch of friends getting together and playing. I kind of feel
1: that's what all
4: local scenes are, though, you know? Our local scene goes from house to house (laughs) and not store to store or church to church, whoever has a big enough room to house us
10: feel i mean i think that's what's helped us as far as this group be what it is but i think it's also kind of worked against us as far as growing it because it's not like we got people randomly walking by and saying oh what's that it's it's more us reaching out and trying to bring other people in and sometimes that's works i mean that worked with these two guys and sometimes it doesn't we've had a couple guys come in play once or twice and then for whatever reason unable to keep coming
9: it's tough with kids and soccer games and cub scouts and track and everything but uh We we do our best to keep Thursday night open as much as we can. And then you just have to stay up really late because we all pretty much don't play until our kids are asleep. We go over to somebody's house and play until we can't stand it anymore. And we go home,
1: sleep about three hours, and go to work the next morning. I mean, you are all the same people who were here three years ago. So you kept up the scene for three years over COVID without and only losing one person, not due to them losing interest, but due to them moving away. Um, and that is, that's very impressive, and I, I doubt there are any other scenes in the country that can lay claim to the same thing, unless their numbers were already 1 or 0.
10: I mean, it, it helped that we, were, we just weren't in an area that was really hard hit at one time, so you know things shut down, and it was a blessing that the whole game shifted to the, the online scene. And we were able to do that for a while. We'd we kind of meet up Google Chats. Like, I, I had all the stuff at my house, and they'd send me their team list, and I'd go pull it and leave it on the front porch. And so they'd come by and get their teams for the week, and we did that for a while. And then as things started kind of to ease up a little bit, we were able to kind of meet back together and, and keep that going. And like I said, it just it didn't hit hard. We're in a, a more rural area, so we were kind of able to escape the worst of it. I mean, if somebody felt exposed, all right, sorry, I'm not going to make it this week. The rest of us we'd get together and play and so it was, it was a little easier for us i think than other people
9: and we so lucked out that worlds is only like a 30 minute drive for us so we
1: win the award for the people who traveled the least to come to this event all right uh is there anything else about these events or your group that you think would be great to share here I, i'd
9: just say everybody here that i played is super nice i mean it, it's frustrating sometimes when you're your dice don't roll or you don't pull what you need to, but nobody's cussing, nobody's throwing dice, everybody's cool, everybody's a gracious winner or a gracious loser, everybody's sharing stuff, you know, oh, you don't have that card, here you go, have one of mine. You know, it's, it's just, even though we don't know these folks, we feel like we know all these folks.
4: Yeah, the community here is just amazing. Ian and I are both bringing our kids up here tomorrow, our boys are both 12, and don't have to worry about what they're hearing, what they're seeing, what they're, anything like that. It's just a great atmosphere. Um, people are friends before the dice roll, maybe not so much during the dice rolls, but mm-hmm. even after, you know, we all shake it out and you know walk around and look at other teams and, and joke and laugh about how bad one of us played.
10: I think it's it's unique. You know, Clicks is going on here at the same time, and uh, I, I've seen some heated moments. It's uh, not. I, I think when you, I don't know. I, I guess with it being a slightly more competitive scene, maybe that lends to that. But that's um, not our community. Though. That's not <laughs> our community, though. This this is you know our community is amazing. And if you know anybody's thinking about it, like this is just—if you can make it work, I'd say come. Like I mean, even—even even having a horrible day as far as the game goes means you're probably still having a good time, and it's—it's it's just great.
1: Obviously, middle of September's a bit of an inconvenient time for yeah. a lot of people, so I know that's why a lot of people who want to be here aren't here. But I'd love to see them live
9: stream it again next time. That way, the folks that can't come can feel like they're at least a little bit more here. And it's fun to go back and watch your own games, whether you—you you win or you choked. You can at least. It it can be fun. (laughs) It can be be really hard.
10: (laughs) That's Pete's real reason. He just likes to see himself on screen.
4: Final round. Man,
11: that was an amazing match. Good game. Amazing match.
4: Glad
3: to see the trophy come back to Canada. All right, so
0: two Canadians here at the top table ended up at the top of the world here. One and two. We got Dana, who was undefeated for the last few days, (laughs) just tearing through the tournament on a roll. And, Laurier, you had a little bit more of a bumpy ride, but you, I mean, you did very, very well, but you had a loss here or there that you had to recover from, and you've been able to, to successfully just kind of keep pressure on and the good attitude going. I was watching this game. It was very even all the way through, and there was ebbs and flows. Just in case it
1: wasn't clear, you never announced it. The I'm getting there, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, I'm standing here, you know, with the new world champion, former runner-up, so... Laurie, how's it feel to actually have the crown now and not be the
11: bride? It feels amazing. Honestly, if you couldn't tell by that scream I let out after a one, yeah, it feels great. Well, congratulations, congratulations. Dana,
0: congratulations to you, too. I mean, you played a tremendous tournament. Initial thoughts?
11: Oh,
3: it's tough to analyze in the moment. I'll definitely think back on this game for sure. First game went pretty smoothly. Second game, I thought was going to go smoothly. Uh, Laurier kind of had a whiffed first turn, which gave me a leg up, but then I whiffed my first turn, so it evened out, Right, uh, and I never stabilized. In this one, I was able to get out to uh, a pretty early lead. I think I was up to 20 to 6 life. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't able to maintain a field, and my bag got clogged up, and it caught up with me, and the Dickens couldn't save me. What do you, what do you think?
0: Uh, you know, I was watching the game. It, ha- it had that flow. Like, you seem to have board presence. Loria. you missed a, a early master mold on that term, and, and you were definitely up in that game. Yeah. Laurier made a very good. This is my memory. Tell, correct me if I'm wrong here. You made a very good Deken buy after the whiff of the Master Mold, which made you think. What, what was that the turning point in the game? And if so, what what happened? Uh, like you say, you lost your bold word presence. What what was it that changed the flow? What do you think?
3: Ah, uh, oh, I know. There's one turn in particular where I had to re-roll my level three Master Mold and not field it because I knew Villainous Pack was coming. Right. And if he rolled Villainous Pack, then I would lose, and I didn't want to take those odds. And so. So I had to re-roll Master Mole for energy to get it to Ken, but then Master Mole got stuck in the backlog of my bag and I, I never got it back.
0: Is there anything that happened sooner than that? I like I saw that and that was a, that was definitely the huge, but I felt like there was maybe some You had to make a choice to attack to get the seven, but then that lowered
11: your board a little bit. What do you think, Laurier? I actually think going second, I had the advantage in bag management. He was getting the board presence, he was swinging, he was getting the damage. But I was able to better thin my bag because I had the extra ramp from going second. So that, I think, made a difference at that point where all of a sudden he had to make those tough calls and he had to take a turn or two to recover. That gave me the edge, I think, in the end, is that that initial rush you get from going first slightly petered out after a while and I was still standing. So that gave me just the edge I needed to climb back and win against an excellent opponent yeah it was interesting to
0: see because having to attack with more than things that you'd like to attack with to get the seven changed the board state and allowed you to stabilize and it was it was an interesting like i i wish this was recorded because i i think you could probably analyze this game for a long time it's like that kind of connor's McEnroe kind of thing where you go back on and figure out what what where where was it where exactly did things change uh, you must have felt pretty good at, at the early stages of the, of the third game, right? Yeah,
3: absolutely. When I, you know, I think when Ken matchups with Master Mold, you need to take the get the damage when you can because yep. it's hard to come by. Uh, and I was able to squeeze a bunch of damage through, keep my life high, so I was feeling good. But yeah, it turned around pretty quickly near the end of the game there.
0: So. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, and the double to was hard. You know, it's five energy, you can't sinister and reset your board like you would like to do. Yeah. Any other thoughts, um, key moments in, in all three of these games? Were there what were, what were the turning points in the games? And any
11: lessons learned as you played these teams throughout? Lessons learned, I would say, be very, 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 very careful... To get your decan, if you're if you're going second and you see that you're gonna get behind on life, I mean, when I with master mode, immediately I went defense, and that and honestly, I saw some players that would hesitate to do the defensive play sometimes. You really need to. You really need to get that defensive play out. Even if you're going first and you just don't draw master Mold turn three, get that decan right away. Because you will. when you'll want to get him later, you won't be able to. So it's just time your purchase as well. Watch the flow of the game. That's really the best lesson I can say. And honestly, it's not like Dana really made misplays no. that I can think of. He played solid throughout. He was doing great with the hand he was dealt. It's just that that on the third game, going first again, he just petered out uh, in terms of his back management. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm
0: asking these questions because I'm looking at the game and I watch the game and I can't name a misplay anywhere but at the same time I watched this board state change in a way that there must have been something something, there's something something. weird you know something weird that's why I'd like to analyze it again but but these these are the great uh, games these are the things that are like make you think like wow okay that's interesting You know, maybe
3: I overextended pushing for damage maybe it would have been smarter to not push and just maintain a board state that's uh, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head.
11: Honestly, if you had not, the, the, actually, I would have just pivoted to Mary. I would have taken the time to pivot to Mary to shut down DeKan, and you would have lost that way.
0: Yeah. That's true. That's true. So, yeah.
11: so you're kind of damned if you do. Like, that was the interesting I ran
0: Mary, too, because I thought that was a good answer to DeKan. I know Lucan ran... You, yeah, or, I was doing mutation slash polymorph for yeah, that. And that worked a couple times in his games. Thinking about that as a matchup, did you thinking earlier Dana about altering your team a little bit to deal with De Ken or what because uh, he turned out to be a real thorn in your side
3: yeah <laughs> I didn't want to run uh, Mutation and De Ken on the same team because then I'd be giving my opponent a way of dealing with the Ken. Right. I briefly considered in the hotel room this morning putting on Typhoid Mary. Right. And then I realized I didn't bring one, so I thought, well, <laughs> Face telling me that I that I don't need it, so it's okay. Right. I don't know if it would have made
0: a huge difference, to be Probably honest. not, because your bag was a little clogged. Yeah, point.
3: especially in that game. Yeah. It's, uh, it, you really need to have a thin bag for Typhoid Mary to have a difference, because you need to be rolling it the turn that you have, Villainous Pact. Otherwise, it's too easy to force attack it out of the field. Right. So I don't don't have any regrets with the team. I don't have a huge amount of regrets with the way I played. It's... Oh, I
0: mean, how could you have regrets? You've, you've just romped. You've lost one <laughs> game in two days. I mean, it's really yeah. astounding success, really, if you think about oh, it.
3: Thank
0: you. One last question while I have you guys, because you both have played decade. I mean, I think every Worlds or Nationals, there's always one card, the surprise card that kind of comes out. There's more than one, but the one I'd say is the all-star that's come out of this particular couple of tournaments is this rare decade. Ken. Uh, you know, who, there was some debate about whether he was even any good, you know. Uh, well, clearly he's really, really good. Uh, any recommendations for the people who are learning to play him? How do, you, how do you manage cycling him? When do you put him in the field? When do you try, how do you get him to use? There's no sacrifice right now, which would be really good with him. Yeah. Any thoughts on, 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 like, just managing to Ken?
3: Uh, I think for me it's to treat it as a just-in-time resource. I don't think you should buy it early as a preemptive piece. Uh, it's too easy for it to get lost in the bag. Wait till they have something like Villainous Pact coming on the next turn, or something lined up that could potentially deal you lethal or a big amount of damage, and prioritize purchasing it just the turn before and forget whatever else plan you had uh, and then as much as you can after that focus on Mr. Sinister to field the bag and if necessary if you have to purchase a second one and once you have two it's pretty easy to keep one in the used pile at all times.
11: Interesting. What are you, What's your thoughts, Laurie? I have a slightly different philosophy. If I see that I'm not, not going to have a board presence and that I know a master mold is coming it's, I think it's the right time then to buy a Deken. In fact, when, Mis- when Sinister is around and the Dark Phoenix Lobal is around, actually, I, uh, at one point, I had only two sidekicks in the field and nothing else, and I knew Master Mold was going to wreck me. So instead of letting myself get wrecked, I, Dark Phoenix twice, bought De Ken and kept my bag management going. So doing that... Helped me to keep a thin bag, which makes it more likely to draw the Ken, more likely that he'll be in the used pile at the end of my turn, or at least during my opponent's attack step if I save that energy for Sinister. So I find that buying him early can be the right play if. Your opponent is the beat down, and that requires people to really read the board state, which is a skill that you really need to learn as you progress in competitive dice masters. And you're gambling on percentages and keeping your state and wonder if they're going to roll or not
0: roll, all that kind of stuff. One question, one thing that occurred to me a card that would be really powerful right now. Would be something that forces your opponent to refill their bag or draw things, you know. Like remember the old uh, Battle from Faroon card that would, there was a card that forced people to draw things from their bag. It
1: wasn't. It wasn't Battle for Faroon. It was the Common Nebula from Guardians of the
0: Galaxy. Well, there's that one. There's another one. For, there was like a, one of the Wizards of some sort that like forced your opponent to draw a die, which could really mess up that deckhand. Actually, Tabaxi Rogue, I believe.
1: No, You're yeah. talking about forcing the draw. I thought you were talking about putting back in the bag. No, I'm talking
0: down. about forcing the forcing opponent
1: the draw. to draw. Mysterio yeah. is the other one. I think.
0: Mysterio.
11: There was one other that I'm
0: thinking now, of, but would there, be really powerful in this
11: meta. Yeah, there's actually some other tech I remember from back in War of Light. The Lysadrak that you'd name a character, and if that character attacked, you'd re- return dice to the bag. Imagine that. Right. We're sending the can back to bag on your opponent's turn, and then you you have free reign to swing in.
0: Is that something we just missed? Does that exist in modern now? Or I'd be curious Not if we that searched. yeah.
3: No. I was looking for quite a while to find answers to Daken just to try and predict what my opponents could do to stop me when I had Daken on my team. Right. And I, I couldn't come up with anything other than Mutation. I missed the uh, one of the other versions of Mr. Sinister when you feel that you can blank Everybody. every card on your opponent's team Yeah, Shadow Maltbel, that, yeah. Which is another way around it. I think it's a little expensive because it doesn't add, unless there's some way that that adds to your win condition, though that seems unlikely, so it seems like a pretty expensive purchase for that type of play, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got the global that can stop overcrush, but that's um... the villain affiliation for when they do the villainous pact. Yeah, right. If they do, <laughs> I mean, that I found that valuable. I, by the end of my games with Dana, I was there was that in the first game when I bought two master Molds, What made me choose to do mastermold instead of a Brainiac was that. Mastermold was a villain. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know that. So that came
0: as a factor in this game too, Loria. You made the smart play of fielding your Dickens exactly for that reason, because you needed two villains to block. Like, if he didn't have Decan in the field at the end of that game, and Mastermold, maybe one of those Dickens could have come through. I mean, you
11: were low enough that that could have potentially been the game, right? Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting play. Yeah. And and the second you get below below eight, if you're at seven or less. The Ken is useless in your use pile. You yep. need him in the field. Yep. So and you were at 6 at that moment, right? Correct.
3: Yeah, still I had a, a rare outside chance of winning that game uh, if I had miraculously pulled the Master Mold. Yeah. Uh,
11: and then you did you need enough, I pack had this
3: pack and I rolled on this pack. So it's All potentially right. that I it would have been, uh, have been enough enough yeah. but it was a it was a small chance.
0: It could have happened though. You you had the potential uh. Well, like I said, this meta is, well, meta is about draws and rolls right now, but also I think this proves, beyond a doubt, just watching this game play that their skill is very, very, very critical still going on in this, you know a lot of calculation. How are you guys feeling, just energy-wise, after a long day Dice Masters?
3: Uh, tired, for sure. I think I felt more tired yesterday, strangely. I think there's uh, some amount of relief that it's over now. <laughs> right, right. How about you, Gloria?
11: I'm actually doing okay. I mean, you probably, people won't be able to see this from home, but between rounds, I was actually snoozing. I, I mean, a lot of people here saw me slumped over, lying against my bag and uh, getting some shut-eye. And I was doing that from the start, from between rounds three and four and onwards. Between each round, I did my best to get some just some rest, some shut-eye, to keep up the energy level. So now I'm doing well. Great. And the last question I have from you,
0: I think it's fair to say that the two people who I've prepared probably the most are here one or two. and two. And you guys have earned to be here. You've really worked hard. And the work that you put in has paid off that. Tell me about. I want to hear the rocky story of your preparations. How you made it work. How you play tested. You don't have to give me the you know the whole thing, but I, I just could, for everybody else who's you know aspiring dice master player or any kind of like game player or whatever it is. I, I'm curious how you guys prepared for this.
3: Sure. Yeah. Uh, for me, I was very fortunate that the DM United crew, uh, all of them, Spug, James, Peter, and Ben, all agreed to help me do some extensive play testing. So between the four of them, I probably got in at least 60 or 70 games in the month and a half leading up into Worlds against four of the, you know, some of the best players in the entire world, all with amazing pedigree. And they put me through the ringer and the paces, developing teams that they thought would be good, trying out potential counters to pieces that were on my team. I'm uh, really just exposing me to a bunch of different types of teams, a bunch of different situations, and that gave me the time in a stress-free environment to work through some of those situations so that when you do run into similar situations in an actual game play in a stressful environment, yep. you don't need to try and come up with the right play in less than ideal circumstances. So those four were uh, my training partners and my coaches going in, and they're a big part of uh, why I had the success that I had.
0: That's awesome. Were there, I just had a curiosity. What was the evolution of your team? Where did you start? And Obviously, we know where you got out, but how did you get there, I mean,
3: Uh, I started actually trying to make super rare Thor work because that's where I've had some of my previous success. Yeah, I
0: remember you went to tournaments with him. Yeah,
3: Yeah. Uh, so I actually, I created a Master Mold team to use as a a benchmark to test my Thor builds against and I found that I couldn't beat it. (laughs) So then I thought, you know what, I think actually this is a sign I should maybe be switching to Master Mold. So the scaffolding of the team that I had at that point maybe 80 or 75 to 80 percent of it stayed intact and then through play testing a couple of the support pieces along the way uh, i tweaked over time
0: cool all right excellent thank you and laurier what about you i'm curious about your team because you played something else and u.s nationals yesterday and then they had this team was this team you had lined up in the can so to speak ready to go or or did you kind of figure it out yesterday after playing other people
11: uh, okay, both, both, and none. I will. I'll uh, just go back to the beginning. So I need to give a huge, 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 enormous shout out to a player who could not be here this year, Matt Jordan, Gordo. aka Giordo, because he's the one I play tested with. Continuously, and he was a top eight player in 2019 Worlds, excellent. just for the record. Yeah, yeah excellent yeah. player. He, do, he tends to goof off most of the time, but he is an amazing, amazing player. So he and I were playtesting the heck out of Modern for like over the weeks and uh, last, the month and a half before this. And honestly, I had multiple teams brewed, multiple different things I was looking at. I was brewing large, but we were, by the end of it, there were three teams we were uh, looking at Barry, Mastermold, and Thor. So the consensus we had between the two of us is that Master Mold or Thor could both do well, but that Thor had a hard time being consistent and consistently fast enough. So that was where we ended up. So I wanted to run the Barry team at U.S. Nationals to test the meta and see how it would react to a team that very much was, as I told you yesterday, very much shock and awe, ram, ramp and removal. That's what the team was. And then when I saw that the response to that from the meta was to switch more to the can, as we saw in the top two, I immediately went, okay, you know what? Let's go master mode. I did some tweaks from the master mode build I had ready. One card I had in there was the super rare Turk Barret for some time, which was tech against Barry Allen by using the uh, essentially the mask energy I used to... Pay for uh, fielding or for globals to just KO psychics, thin Barry's board, and diminish the Alpha strike. That seems to work really well with the Robin global, particularly, right? You know, well, Robin global or mas- using masks with Sinister oh, or yeah. for force attacks or whatever else. Would it
0: work for a Sinister? Would that could be considered paying a general energy to make it work? Well, as, as a question mark at any rate. What's that, sorry? Well, I'm wondering if like, you used a question mark to pay for a general en- energy global like that. I don't know, would it count? Like A question mark, I, mean, I don't know.
11: I don't think it would. i practiced pr- taking for granted it wouldn't. It was still very effective against Barry, even with that stipulation. So I was happy with it if Barry was going to be the big thing. Right. But the second I realized I was the only Barry team in top eight yesterday, I went, okay, Barry is not worth taking for, uh, with an entire card just for him, so I switched for the go. and i did uh, another tweak which was to switch the two costs i had which was originally the uncommon psylocke for overcrush i swapped it for the black widow because i thought well if there's going to be master Mold tokens overcrush is not worthwhile anyway so again huge shout out to Jordo, and that's pretty much all i have to say on it well thank you guys
0: uh, jimmy's leaning in and has some things to say so i'm going to sign off and but say one last congratulations to both of you. you excellently played you guys are deserving to be here and safe trip back to canada All right, Lucan, so I promised I'd get back to you after your top four match in Worlds. It seemed like you guys had a really fun couple of games playing
1: Dana. Tell me how it went. Against Dana, those were two very, very, very good games. The rolls were not not happening for me. They were not in my favor, but... They weren't the type of rolls to get frustrated about. For me, the only type of rolls which I really get frustrated about is when it boils down to such a simple binary of, if I roll this die, I win, and if I don't roll this die, I lose. That's like the famous Falcon story where I rolled that die seven times with Parallax, so nine rolls altogether, and it never, never turned up, and that just cost me the game. I would have won if I hadn't rolled it. didn't win because i didn't roll it that's very frustrating he's still grousing about
0: 2016 folks
1: (laughs) but that's that's like an example of like the frustrating type of dice roll against dana this was not that type of dice roll sure there are points at which if i roll it i win and if i don't roll it but if i don't roll it the game continues right so there's never a point at which either one of us was really boxed out because of our rolls it was just really really um intense throughout Any moments that you
0: remember that are like kind of key junctures in
1: those games? Well, in the first game, the the big key juncture happened three turns in when I missed my master mold. (laughs) And the thing was, I really did feel like both games, I spent pretty much the whole game with board Control. Except till the end of the second game, when he was able, when I had to polymorph in both of his dekens so that I could deal lethal amount of damage to him, but then couldn't roll enough energy to buy and polymorph in a Brainiac to get rid of his Dekens, right? <laughs> so I had kind of put myself between a rock and a hard place where I was using his villainous pact for the board clear, but I had put in his villain so that I could win. Yeah. And that was not a great situation to be in, but I was counting on being able to buy the Brainiac, but didn't roll a mask. So that was another point that was in the second game.
0: That sounds like a cool tactical moment. Yeah. yeah.
1: And obviously when you get to turns, which we did end up going to turns, it really changes the way you play because instead of just doing what you think the right move is, you have to plan to create like the perfect third turn where you can win. And so that just really causes you to swing for the fences sometimes, especially when you're already down one.
0: Yeah. When I would play Andy the day before, we came down to sudden death and on my first turn I just whiffed every I got just terrible energy like a lot of fists and I didn't have any fists on my team so I just had to start making sidekicks and hoping and it just <laughs> hope is not a strategy right
1: hope is not a strategy
0: <laughs> and I died by bag burn because I was set during it. that's the, the ultimate like slap little little fish slap at the end well you know it's been so good having you here this weekend bud, and I'm so proud of you you know we we unfortunately as usual yes, i don't know how they do this i think what's gonna has the only time this is it hasn't happened to us well maybe i'm being a bit over over, dr- over dramatic right. here yeah maybe i'm being a little over dramatic. it feels like no i'm gonna say i'm no no is i'm, I'm gonna a- say that we were paired up against each other at the beginning oh, of world. Yeah. one our first match was against always each happens. other yeah. always happens it's just awful and if I'm going to lose to somebody, you're the one I would want to lose to. You played a great game, and I whiffed my master mold. We've, this, we've told that story already. Yeah, you whiffed your mold
1: you boxed you out with Alandra, and, and that, that was, that it. was and it. That was <laughs> pretty much
0: it. And then I'm just so proud of you that you went on and just played a great tactical team on a team that you built the night before. You know, I think we both, you know, given the amount of practice we've been, I think we both, you know, both did in top well. four in these yeah. two tournaments, so you know i feel pretty satisfied more importantly i just feel like it was so great to have see you and play with you and play with all my friends here and see people again and in, in real life for the
1: first time in what feels like eons yeah <laughs> you know so well i mean it's also really quickly just going back to the top four discussion it's important to like not get too bogged down into in the whole what if thing because like, oh what if my roles had turned against dana then you know maybe i would have won those three rounds And then, you know, I beat Laurier in Swiss, so maybe I could have beaten him again in top two, right? And maybe, maybe (laughs) I would say if there was a team my team was equipped to handle, it was Laurier's. Obviously, you can't count on beating a Master Mold slap just because it's so streamlined, but I'd say I definitely had a shot. But at the same time, would I have even made it to the top cut if Petrus hadn't whiffed his orange action die uh, of his uh, Villainous Pact in the second game?
0: Luck is definitely a factor now. I would have
1: been two and three without that. But the other thing to consider is if Petrus had rolled that, then I would have been kicked down to a loser's bracket, and maybe still would have gone three and two or four and one, but then wouldn't have been able to qualify. Have the strength of schedule. So it's just there's so many what ifs. You can't get bogged down in it. Yeah. Well, that's at the end of the day. You just you accept. uh, I lost to Dana, and I just got to accept that L. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Exactly. I mean, I got knocked down, and I started clawing, clawing my way back up, and finished three and two, but just was on the outside looking in. So. Yeah, I know. You, you did it the right way, and I'm, I'm really proud of you. I mean, I was kind of watching from over my shoulder as I was playing the uh, Global Escalation and was really pleased to see you get the win over there. And um, I'm going to I'm gonna miss you as you go back to school, but I'll see you at Thanksgiving. And and we can record great stuff
1: having- virtually. I mean, my, my audio quality won't be as good, but we can do it.
0: Let's do it. All right. All right. Well, folks, we're going to go head over to Popper. I'll try to give you a rundown on that as the day progresses. Lucan has to run to the airport, unfortunately. We couldn't get a flight back to Minneapolis that would leave late enough for him to join us in the popper. So I'm going to play popper. Lucan's going to accompany me to get the tournament started. Then he's going to run to the airport. All right, we're here Sunday morning before popper. We managed to wake up in time and get here this year. So Lucan and I, Lucan's still here. He's taking off for the airport in about 25 minutes. And uh, I'm standing here with Head Judge, looking like he, like a weekend is taken his soul. There was a huge yawn there. It was awesome. Nick, oh, yeah. good morning. Uh, any thoughts on Popper from the judging perspective here?
12: Uh, I think we should see a lot of commons today. Mm-hmm. Uh, no master <laughs> mold. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's some interesting things, and certainly there are still some very strong win cons. Yep. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see some Staro Frontline, like, that did well in the previous days though yep. it is missing some of the uh, ramp and churn utilities but it's still a good combo yep. I've and heard a- uh, Living the Dream is pretty good yep. I think a lot of people are probably banking some stuff on what's your BACs and make that an essential part of your WinCon and hopefully it doesn't backfire
0: Right, well it can Like that's the thing about this right? with such a limited carpool I think savvy player can reach across the table and maybe play the other guy's team a little bit, you know?
12: Yeah, I mean, especially if how are you getting to your front line? Maybe the common Thor, right. maybe some other ramp, and those are all things that the opponent is just going to be able to do as well. Right. Now, Starro is going to make a huge difference in that. Or living the dream, if you don't have your uh, common Magneto, it's a useless card for you, so right. maybe, maybe it's not as two-sided as we might
0: think. Unless you brought both. Yeah, I guess unless you brought both. Yeah. I mean
12: that that is the thing with the limited card pool
1: you can wink, wink, not nod. You <laughs> certainly know
12: where you can tech. Yeah.
1: I hate to distract from this very important conversation, but I think I just realized something really important. New Jersey man is a Packers fan. Ooh. He's a Packers fan. We can't we can't accept that. <laughs>
12: What's wrong with the Packers? They're a perfectly
0: acceptable team. Well, you remember, I grew up in Detroit, so uh, oh. the eminent slap, slap,
1: slap, twice a year, slap down, you know, it hurts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about the bald guy. If you've ever been to Nats or Worlds, you know who he is.
12: His name is Norm. He he How has a name. Okay, you can that. acknowledge the guy in the Packers jersey. <laughs> sub-human, oh. subhuman Packers.
0: I yeah, apologize been, to all Packers fans out there.
12: <laughs> they've been doing a wonderful time back there with the registration down keeping so many events afloat, running all the different pairings, the printings, the tables, and they're working their
0: butts off. By this time of the weekend, the folks in the black and yellow shirts look a little weathered. (laughs)
3: You know.
0: <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a lot of hours. I mean, we forget about all the stuff that happens that happen before the event that yeah. opens, all the stuff that happens after the thing closes. There's a lot of hours here.
1: Yeah, those, those three guys were up there. Uh, Norm, Darren, and the other guy. Sean. <laughs> um, Sean. They're there every year that I've been here, those three guys. Uh, yeah, they are perennial staples
12: and working
0: wonders behind the scenes. Well, thank you for your insight this morning, and uh, yeah. I'll be curious to get your feedback maybe after Popper goes. And- all right. All right, here we are at the end of the pauper final whatever it is. And I'm at the top table. I was able to have the hot hand for most of the day. And then I ran into Petrus at the end. But we had an epic, epic game. I always like to say that the game will teach you your misplays. It has a way of, like, as soon as you make a mistake, it will point out how you've done wrong. And I did that at one point. I had the upper hand at one point. I had a full thing of We were having a star rush off. And I think I had a little bit of tempo. I mean, it could have gone either way, honestly. But I had, I think two front lines. Two front lines and Starro and, some, and something else came out of the bag. Oh, and it was a Poison Ivy. And I roll Poison Ivy on anything but a mask and one of the front lines, or a or Starro, and I win. And I missed Starro, I mask on Ivy, and I got one of the front lines, which would have added up to, I believe, something like 17 damage. It wasn't enough. And out of frustration, I just went, ah, shoot. And I bought my Emma Frost. And as soon as I did it, I looked over at Petrus, and I said, the game always teaches you. I looked up and I saw Mutation, which is obviously what I should have bought. I don't know if it would have won me the game, but you've got to learn the lessons when you make a mistake. I used to have a little little notebook that I used to write down my mistakes mm-hmm. and try to make them to stick in my head. Petrus, is my recollection of our final game? By the way, you now have the pauper crown. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the, the crown of pauper is a little bit less heavy, at least. you know. I think it's made out of twigs and
13: stuff. Because yeah. so. the
0: carpool is just so low, and so
13: everyone's playing pretty much the same things. But if you rolled that second front line, you would have won. Right away, and I just have to keep it up with my sidekicks going back and
0: forth. Yep, yep. No, it was a great game, and he hung in there, and maybe, you know, it was a lot of strategy in terms of I got to count on you misrolling. If I overplay it here, I lose. And, and ultimately, that worked out for you. So, thoughts on that?
13: Yeah, I had to change my strategy a bit playing against you. And normally, I wouldn't do that halfway. So, I was supposed to buy anti monitor to actually KO like something to KO your board so that I could get things through easily. Mm-hmm. But you just kept generating sidekicks too much. So, I was like, okay, I have to
0: pivot and just keep getting Starro. out. Yep. And so, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, well, the only way, the good thing about fighting that anti monitor team is have a big, big board presence. And that's what I was trying to do. But frontline, uh, frontline <laughs> front didn't roll when i needed it starro didn't roll when i needed it and or or double mask on uh, i you know i can't be mad at myself only thing i'm mad at myself again again if i had bought mutation, mutation yeah. that would have been an insurance policy yeah. I, I think it would have gotten stuck in the bag given my emma never came out anyway so i shouldn't yeah. kick myself too hard yeah but but i want to learn the lesson nonetheless yes no i i, I agree I
13: I wish I bought Frontline a little bit sooner and kind of cycled my bag a little bit quicker because I I had some points where I was like, oh, I have four psychics in the bag, and I'm like, oh, he's going
0: to have lethal next turn, and I was afraid of that. Well, let's talk about your team real quick because we haven't even talked about that. Can you run down your team for us? And this is Popper, and we only had 120 cards in the card pool this time, so tell me about your team. It's all—90% is all Superman Crisis,
13: and only one card, which is Dark Phoenix, is in Dark Phoenix. And so it was just mainly to reduce Anti-Monitor or Dr. Fate or Kale my Poison Ivy because I really want her on the generating token fit. Yes,
0: you do.
13: <laughs> because I prefer, I prefer having two double energies so I can also take advantage of Batman and make sure my bag is thin as possible. And if I'm facing other teams that are a little bit smaller walls, I'll buy anti-monitor to like take control of your sidekicks, then KO them to KO your board and then swing in with everything I have. And,
0: yeah,
13: and I don't care if, if some of the things that are really small, like if level one star, I'm okay because I have Supergirl global, so
0: yeah, I, when I saw that, I was like, that looks tasty. That would have given me another option. Could, but I was also with the problem is I didn't have a lot of fists at a certain point when I started having to make the wall. So yeah. it becomes a game of like, oh, we've got these walls, but how do we get the fists now, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Did you find that on your team at a certain point or no?
13: Not necessarily. I found it that I have nothing to do with the shields. I was like, I'm stuck with these two shields, and that last roll I had like three shields I could not do anything for. So I was like, right. okay, well... I tried to re-roll the shield to something else, but I think it came back to shield again. So I was like, something would have helped better than nothing.
0: My poor team, you know. I could have bought a Starro if I had done that, but I didn't have polymorph anyway, so I can't kick myself too much. But I'll I'll, I'll kick myself anyway just because I'm an Irish Catholic after all. (laughs) Um, Any other? Oh, so so you got that. Actually, let me go down my team real quick for those of you out there. I ran Mutation and the Frontline. It was a Frontline Starro team really at its core. I had Kang. I had the Kang in case I whiffed my first roll, and I wanted to go into... And, like, Petras brought Billow's Pack for me. So if I didn't get the energy I needed, I could go into Kang, Villainous pack strategy, which is also not bad, and I also had the Magneto on there so if you KO my Kang and stop my swarm, I start getting loyalty counters, so if somebody brought Living the Dream I can go after that, so I had a little kind of insurance policy built into the team which I thought, I woke up in the middle of the night, literally had a hard time sleeping last night again and it was like, I had a couple of ideas, I thought hey, what if I tech for everything which I'm not sure is a good strategy but I, you know, I got to the top table today, so then I got the Poison Ivy. Same Poison Ivy. What a great card. Yes, uh, so, it works so great with Starro and Annie monitor and Batman Global. Especially when I saw that, I thought, okay, that helps us both, but it could help me as much as it helps you at any rate. Then, of course, Starro, uh, Minions. He was the star of the team. Forgive the pun. Uh, Rocket Raccoon. I am the baddest. Free cost Bolt. who can deal with some problematic characters if I need to ping them off for whatever reason. I had Emma Frost who was my bane, unfortunately. She's a good card. She gives a plus one to to sidekicks, but not enough. Thor, Bolt, to reduce the cost of your next action helped me get to front line. Helped you get to my front line, too, though, didn't it? And then Magneto for the prep and also for the loyalty counters. Okay.
12: It's 17th place. Steve Smith. The top 16... Henry Zink, in 16. Wow, Henry. Congrats. Oh, you know, Caleb Rogers. Caleb. 15. Ian Porter.
3: Oh, yeah.
12: Pete Hicks.
0: Right
12: on beat. Charlie Cates.
0: And Charlie.
12: Ryan Watkins.
0: Yep, That's it. Andy May. Andy.
12: Brennan Porter. Right on, right on. Greg Huebner. Greg, Greg. Greg Hubner, Charles Wally.
0: Oh,
12: yeah. Thank you. Patrick Barley. Woo. Robert Zink. Ray Fabris, and in third place, Laurier, the Spam Boy. That means our top two are Arge and Petrus. Arge, Petrus, enjoy shipping
0: these back. I <laughs> know, I don't know how <laughs> <I> don't know. <laughs> to do it. That. Awesome. That's a great prize. All right, we are now concluding the 2022 World Championship, U.S. National Championships, Graceland, a whole Dice Master shebang, right? And with me, seeing as we're kind of at the end of times here, I thought what better than to assemble the elders of the Dice Masters universe here. And now that we've completed yet another World Championships, I wanted to bring a couple guys here who've been to every single one. And I think you guys have been every single national championships, too, right? So this is a chance to compare and contrast, talk about the changes of the game. What's your favorite things? Do you like having the things combined where the U.S. nationals are right next to the world championships, or do you prefer them separated? There's a ton of questions coming at you all at once. So (laughs) first on my left here, I have Charlie Cates. Hey. You know... Should we call you the collector or the gardener? Which, which 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 elder would you prefer to be? I like the gardener. Okay, I, I, cool. that, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's what's your feeling on? Take any of those questions and, and free
1: fire.
5: So I'll go with the separate events versus combined events. I like separate events just cuz I like having a calendar. I like the travel. I like going to things. I know that's harder on some people. Not everybody has the flexibility and the mobility that I've able to enjoy. So I also see the advantage of together, but you know, to me it's a it's a, big, a vacation and I'm
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, for me I agree. It's another excuse to see all my friends. Yeah. But yeah. What do you think, right?
8: No, to stay on that topic, the one aspect of it, though, that I don't know how to address is where separating events, the aspects where things could end up needing qualifications, and going to a nationals at one event, having some kind of qualification system embedded in that, where I think the benefit of our game as a whole right now is to just accept everybody that can come play and then if you have the world separate which I do like and I, but I don't want a qualification system that would keep people then still feeling apprehensive about joining that and that everybody could just come to that That's interesting. Maybe you could talk to us. That's one of the differences I've
0: noticed from some of the early world championships and U.S. national championships and today, like the the idea of having this qualification. Like, today we don't do it. So can you guys, just for those who haven't been to some of the earlier ones, what's the difference between how things used to run and how things ran today?
5: So I know the first U.S. nationals, you could play in WKOs, and if you won a WKO, you automatically qualified for nationals. Or the day... Was it one day or two days before nationals? Mm-hmm. But well, and
8: that's where I wish I could re- truly remember. Right. <laughs> With the, and I call it the mall event. Right. Even though it's yeah, not... Front- exactly. It's Glen Burnie, Maryland <laughs> that we went to. And this mall had empty store frontage. And I actually showed up to play... D D Attack Wing, and play Dice Masters as a secondary game, but then D D Attack Wing just fell apart even at that event in the very beginning, and so it was all about playing Dice Masters that weekend too. So, so that's what you got you
0: hooked. That's interesting.
8: Well, I've been able to play in the game from the very beginning, but when they're holding that type of event at the mall, it's like, oh well, D and D Attack Wing is something I really enjoy too, so I'll focus on that. But no.
0: Cool, so obviously that's a huge difference Mall versus Origins or we had had a PAX one year or here at the Graceland Convention Center, talk a little bit about some of the other differences you guys and Charlie, what do you think?
5: There's pros and cons to all of it, I think I'm pretty notorious in the community for like when it's at bigger cons like I kind of dip into the Dice Masters events and slide in and out you know like I get credit for being in all of the worlds I'm making air quotes because that's very effective in an audio format but like the worlds at PAX I was in the middle of a big tournament with a bigger prize and so literally in the break of between rounds of that tournament I came and I entered the Dice Masters worlds and then just dropped like I got paired in and just dropped. So I didn't even I didn't play in that one. Craig's actually played in the mall.
0: I have to say I, that one has, has some fond that memories was, yeah. for me. I love PAX beyond just having Dominating. to have me and me and Luke and win it. Yeah we did we were on fire that we had practice and we were on fire that time. But I love Philadelphia in the winter. Going to Philadelphia around Christmas time is magical. So that was really neat for me. And I just wanted to echo your feeling. Like, not only do you get to play, I like them separated. That's just my opinion. I know that's probably not the consensus. Most people probably like to save their money and... But I can't think of anything I'd rather spend my money on than come and play and roll some dice with my friends. And when it's broken out, you have more time to do the things I really love, which is drafting and doing other things. As long as there isn't this qualifier bit, the qualifiers were brutal back in the day. They were really hard.
8: Yeah, yeah. Particularly since the WKO events had—I don't know. There, there weren't a lot of options. There, there were just a few chances, and then okay, you can't get the points or what's needed through there. Then you've got to come and draft and get the opportunity to build points through drafting beforehand. And as a drafter, loved it, had no problems with that, but it became then drafting it's just a for that point versus drafting for the fun of playing the game, which I do. And so it became a, another headache to try and... Which is the last thing you want to make draft ever be, right? It, al-
5: it also created a weird dynamic in the drafts because you would have the people who are drafting for fun and then you would have the people who are drafting for points and grinding. And sometimes those people don't play the same game, right, even though we're right. all playing Dice Masters. It's different. Well, I, I agree. I, I'm kind of... I don't
0: miss the qualification tournaments, but I do miss them broken up for, for the reason... The other reason I really... You know, I... Hey... I, I, I'm like one of the junior elders of the universe now. I've been to all of them. I've been to everyone but one now. But, you know, at this point, I'm burnt out. Like, after, if you make the top table on day one, whether it's a big, that's why we're talking about those qualification things. Like, I've done that before. And, and boy, by the end of that, you're kind of burnt out. By the next day comes around, I'm not sleeping well. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm tired now. I, I love being here, but at the same time, I don't sleep well at these things very well. So, by the third day of it, you know, when worlds rolls around, if it's, not separated when when it's separated i find myself doing better i do it personally so that's my personal thing i like and it gives you free reign to do the drafts and do other things instead of having like two big championships which are great and i'm not complaining i'll I'll come and do that every single time but any thoughts on on that
8: well no the thing i would add into that is the true quantity of attendees you get whether or not you're even at a con or here because even the biggest events that I've participated in were Origins, right? Where there, you know, and and I'm gonna guesstimate it was like 80 people was the top, something amount like that. Of yeah. People yeah. To I, I, ever think, I think we snuck
5: it into triple digits like one time. Yeah, yeah.
8: it was. And so even that, it's truly manageable. It can truly be handled, yeah. you know? So. Yeah,
5: I mean, I think there's no reason for qualifiers, at this, even this game at its peak size. Right.
8: Yeah. I mean, we could split that into
0: two pools and then handle it. So you mentioned something else. Let's talk about the difference between having something at a con versus having something here at, like, Graceland, which is strictly dedicated to WizKids events.
5: What, any, any thoughts on feelings, opinions on that? I'm pro-vacation, <laughs> and it's just really what the... Like, the vacation's just really different. If it's at a con, I'm doing 20 things, and Dice Masters is one of them. And if it's here, I'm pretty focused on Dice Masters. You know? Like, I'd like it to be in a city with better food. You thought of it?
8: Yeah. No, I do appreciate that this is an opportunity, but I'm hoping that with the world returning to normal, that there will be a solid schedule, that each major con will have a real... Focus opportunity right. within Dice Masters, and then there will still be something like this where it's just. Yeah.
0: Maybe they can do a hybrid, you know, like nationals at uh, Origins and then worlds at this place. Because, like what you said earlier, the one thing I was thinking, you found the game by coming to US nationals. You know, at a con, there's more people there, so we might want to attract more new players at a place like that. Whereas here, we're only going to attract people who play clicks or. Maybe Attack Wing, you know?
5: Yeah, I think the other thing that I miss is in the WKO to Gen Con Origins schedules, it was nice because the meta evolved. So it would be like, this round of WKOs is a meta, and then the next round of WKOs is a different meta. Right. And then origins is a different meta. So really it's Really good point. Yeah, I don't know what the set release looks like, you know, but it feels like we're starting to get more regular sets. I would like to see an event schedule that could bring that back.
0: Yeah, let's hope. From your lips to God's ears on that. It is interesting the different meta and the analysis of the meta that goes on between WKOs, even, you know, different cities' WKOs along the line. How it metamorphosizes before Nationals today, it just is now it's just like Overnight, literally, right? You know, meta set now. How many counters can we find? It's hard to find a lot of counters, the good counters, in one day. You know, we're thinking like, how we wish we had corrupt now. You know, right. like corrupt or Hellblazer. We were talking about Hellblazer, or think about if if that Ant may had come out, that would have just killed, yeah. absolutely killed
8: Mastermind. He couldn't have done anything. No, I, I think that. I appreciate that because right now, without having been able to experience all of the truly competitive teams being in lower brackets, you know, having the greatest pilots be part of the learning that I could have done this weekend, I, I still do see that there's a lot of reliance on just the luck of a dice roll right now. Amen. Did yeah. my powerhouse roll You're right. period. Amen. And yeah. yeah.
5: Yeah, I mean, the difference between two and three and four and one was so narrow this weekend. I, I, yep. I, I think for people who aren't here, that's really hard to appreciate if you're just looking at the team lists and you're looking at where things shook out.
0: I think a lot of times it just came down to like either one bad roll or one misplay. Right. One, even, I'm not even talking about a misplay, like a slight, yeah, oh, I didn't do the Robin thing correctly, Robin. and that was just that one little edge was it. You know, so it's hard to even judge which teams are good because you don't, without looking at the piloting, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> anyway great pleasure seeing you guys again this weekend and i'm so happy that i got a chance to talk to you Any, anything else you want to say before we
8: thanks for making the trip is all i want to say Arch. thank you it no, was I, nice having you
0: i love being here as long as my uh, feeble body continues to hold life hold this life force i will be here <laughs> so uh congratulations guys I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later thank you thanks. Right, thanks so that's all she wrote for 2022 graceland Hopefully, for those of you who didn't get a chance to attend this year, these past couple
1: episodes give you a taste of what it was like to be there. And if you did get to go, hopefully it's a pleasant jaunt down memory lane, which, by the way, I just realized I failed to properly introduce the Mississippi crew during my interview with them, so I'm sorry about that. Well, I'm sure they'll forgive you. I want to reiterate that we're still looking for seconds for the Ron
0: Hopkins Hall of Fame nomination, Please send us an email or an audio recording, a Ron story or tale, or why you think he's worthy of the hall.
1: You can reach us at... Arge at XYZ or Lucan at XYZ. but to be honest, send it to my dad as I rarely check mine. Yeah.
0: Or hit me up on Discord, WeaponO. I'm just
1: checking to see if I even have that that XYZ email on this computer. I I don't... I, I haven't checked it since my lenovo (laughs) well you
0: should probably put it out there
1: should we hit it and quit
0: let's hit it and quit well that's the end of turn five my friends and it's time for the final clear we hoped you enjoyed today's show you can find us at RolandThunder.xyz without a G or an apostrophe, where you'll discover all the links necessary to listen or subscribe to the show. You can also reach us by email at arj or lucan at RolandThunder.xyz. Our theme music was created by Jesse Weiner. We're in no way affiliated with WizKids, other than we love and celebrate the game of Dice Masters. So keep on rolling, agasnar laga jia dalau. We'll be talking again soon with another awesome guest, Stay tuned, and enough said.